debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Welcome, Jeeks, to another episode of Breaking Ring Rust, a pro wrestling podcast by Jeek Nation. I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic, and I am accompanied once again by the man, JT the Cold Heart Barnett. And we are joining you here from a hermetically sealed private location amidst the coronavirus. WrestleMania was in a private location. We're in a hermetically sealed location. We're all making sacrifices this time. I'm just in a bubble. Yeah, Matt, Matt's dressed in a bubble. He even had to cancel his attendance at the Black Republicans at convention. I understand they were holding it at the, the same phone booth that they were going to have the Jewish neo-Nazis uh, convention as well. Oh, the Black Republicans convention is a lot bigger than that. I mean, uh, I mean next year we're going to we're going to fill the Hammerstein have it. Room. Uh, I thought next year you were going to have it at like one of those little uh, bus station, bus like waiting areas where it's like you can get like seven people in. No, we're just going to have it um, at Ben Carson's house. Okay. Yeah, so to start, um, we're going to do a little bit here. So if, if you listen to the last episode uh, where I went over my top five WrestleMania matches we are going to get those from our expert our southern wrestling expert jt he's going to give us his five and our uh previous recurring guest mm-hmm. the franchise also had a little list that he put together and yeah. jt will be sharing that list with us so yeah, our our Heather Locklear, our permanent guest star. <laughs> yeah, uh, not because how, not because how, how he, are you going to try to make him the prettiest one? Because not no, not because he's not because he's not because he's our permanent guest star, but because he's a blonde with an alcohol problem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I love Ooh. you, Matt. If you're listening to this, actually, I, I know Ooh, for a fact. A shoot. I, I, no, 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 it's not a shoot because Matt's never had a drop of liquor. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. I just saw the opening there and I took it. Um, I will say this. No, th- this is a shoot. I gave each you guys a Christmas present. Is that not a fact? Yes, that's a fact. I, I gave I gave Matt. Uh, well, we were both named Matt. I gave the the franchise uh, an Arn Anderson shirt that said uh, the Enforcer on it and it had a picture of the TV belt on it. Very nice. The '84 TV belt. I gave you a shirt that said "Heal Lives Matter." Yes, they do. But. In retrospect, I should have given you both that shirt because I remember thinking back on something um, back in about 2008 or so. I remember uh, calling Matt one night and, uh, you know, asking him, you know, and his son was probably, you know, seven or so at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, did I catch you about time? He says, no, put, just put Josh to bed. And I said, oh, he says, yeah, he says, we wrestle every night before I, you know, uh, before I put him to bed, you know, he's getting into wrestling. I said, oh, did you put him over? He says, are you kidding? I got the belt. I don't put anybody over. (laughs) 
that's a heel for you, man. That's he doesn't right. even put his own kid over. No, yeah. please. My father never put me over when yeah. I was wrestling. Never. Yeah. So I should have gotten you both those shirts. <laughs> but okay, so it's this a great is a shirt and a great gift. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So as uh, so these are his top five matches. Okay, starting with number five. Okay. Um, HBK Angle WrestleMania twenty one. Oh, yep. Great pick. It's all, that was also on my list. Okay. Um, number uh, number four, uh, Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13, the that's I Quit also, match. That's also a great match. Probably my favorite Austin match. You know, I don't have a lot of those. Right. So then uh, the next thing that we, uh, his next choice was uh, WrestleMania 20, Benoit, HBK and Austin, the triple threat oh, match. Triple threat. Okay. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. Are we? Are people allowed to like that match? I mean, I didn't think anyone was allowed to like anything involving Benoit. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, I mean, to me, you, uh, I think you're allowed to appreciate the artist, if not the, uh, the artistry, if not the artist. Okay. I'm just checking. You know, it's. I think it's a, it's a hot topic. Yeah, it definitely, and, and I'll put it this way, it took probably 10 years for me to watch a Benoit match. Okay. I'll put it that way, okay? Um, number two was Sean and Taker at 25. Oh, yeah. Not the retirement match, but their first match. The first match, that's the yeah. one I put too. Okay, and number one, and I can personally say I've seen Matt watch this match a bunch, and he and I, 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 we've talked about this before, he and I wrestled each other a bunch in backyards and living rooms and, and rings and stuff like that over the years. And we stole a lot from this and, 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 and put our own spins on this match. Mm -hmm. Brett and Owen from WrestleMania 20. That is a fantastic match. Yeah. Me, me, me WrestleMania 10. Right, yeah, WrestleMania 10, sorry. WrestleMania yeah. 10. So that and, and I can tell you one of the things we we stole from that and then we changed was there's a spot in that match where Owen puts Brett in the sharpshooter and Brett reaches back and he hooks the ankle and he, pulls, right, and he pulls Owen down and he puts the sharpshooter on the mat and he, and he steps into it. Mm -hmm. And so what we would do is I'd put Matt in the sharpshooter and he'd reach back and hook my ankle and he put me in the sharpshooter and stand up and then I'd reach back and hook his ankle and I'd turn to the STF. Oh, Okay because then you couldn't reverse so out you can't of reverse out of that right and so that was something we used to do quite a bit so that was that was his list nice. now this is this is mine i threw in some honorable mentions now um i, I believe this is from wrestlemania 28 i could be wrong but um triple h and undertaker hell in the cell with hbk as the special referee uh that was the third match of them of theirs i think so i think that was 28 yeah because 26 was a retirement mm -hmm. and then 27 was triple h and then yeah yeah so 28, yeah, 28. would have been hbk okay. as a ref yep yeah um my other honorable another honorable mission i have of course is savage steamboat from three for the intercontinental title See, I, I, that's on my list, on my top five. That's such a great match. Okay. Um, another honorable mention for me is Austin Rock at 17. Mm -hmm. uh, just because that, of all their matches, that was the one that they just kind of left it all in the ring, and they just beat the snot out of each other. And it was 
um, even even with the, the crap finish, it was there was so much build to it and everything that goes into it, the hype video for it and everything's into that is uh it didn't disappoint. Um yo, yeah, that match has the greatest hype video in the history of hype without video. a doubt. Without a doubt. Like I can and, watch that today and I'm and I still am like, okay, now I, I need to see this. Like I'm ready for this match. Absolutely. And my last honorable mention, and it was tough for me not to put it in my top five, um, but I just couldn't. Um, HBK and Razor 10 in the ladder match. Oh, so good. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, you know, I've tried to get my daughter into wrestling, and this is the only match I've seen showed it to her. And she said, can I watch that again? All right. So, you know, she watched that and she immediately went to see it again because of that she loves ladder matches. So she, uh, but, you know, that's the only match I've shown her that she said, can I watch that again? Um, and so that's a, that's a big deal to me. Um, so on to my official list, number five. Before you get to your official list, I'm, yeah. and I know we have a lot to talk about with Mania, but we don't get to talk about your lovely daughter all that much. Um, is she still disappointed um, because with the heel Bailey run, you know, it was funny because she watched uh, the second half of WrestleMania with me today. And, you know, she's kind of like smack talking Bailey when Bailey's on the screen and she's like mocking Bailey's hair. So, like, uh, she's she's kind of like over it, but she's not happy with Bailey. Um, like, there's part of her that still likes Bailey. Mm-hmm. Like, like she'll always like Bailey because Bailey's who like was the first one that drew her in, you know. Gotcha. But like she's, you know, just but you know she she's, you know it. But Bailey irks her now too at the same time. She's a little bitter of like it's like a breakup. It's like I still kind of like you, but I'm mad at you. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, but at the same time she has an appreciation of the heels. Um, she likes Oscar, um, because she thinks. You know, you know, Asuka is such a, a talented worker, um, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously Asuka's working heel now. So, um, and she, she, you know, she liked Lexi when Lexi was working heel, but obviously Lexi's working baby face now. So, um, you know, and we'll talk more about that later on, but, um, uh, yeah, but on to my, uh, official list, um, number five, and, uh, obviously this was on Matt's and I, I forget, I think it might've been on yours, um, Austin and Brad at 13, um that was just such a brutal match and it was different than the this match was different than the i quit matches i had seen Mm -hmm. um because all the i quit matches i had seen was you know magnum and tully um okay you know in the cage um uh flair and funk where it was around submissions you know and you know i remember uh you know seeing i think it was austin run across the ring and crack uh bread in the head with a chair you know when he was on the top rope and it was just like okay this is different you know and yep. you know and just the amount of blood that was involved and uh it was you know it, it was a different different match and so that you know they took a match that already existed and they reinvented it to where it's completely different today Right. It was supposed to, it was, you know, like you said before, especially with the, you know, the submission based ones, they were ten, more technical clinics. They didn't have the brutality that that match had. And, and, and Brett brought out a lot of brutality that we had never 
really seen him exhibit. Um, and that, to me, him amping it up, it made it such a big shift in just the tone. And I mean, in that, you know, and him wrapping the, you know, the legs around the the, po- uh, the post and just locking in and dropping his weight down. And I was like, okay, that looks like it hurts. Right. Like that That is like, okay, Brett ain't playing in, in this match. Right. And I was like, oof. Yeah. So that was, you know, that and, and before, you know, in the match, they had talked about being submissions and, you know, Austin talking about he didn't know submissions, but he could beat a submission out of a guy. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really switched things up. Um, so uh, that was, you know, that's just one of those matches that was, you know, career defining, you know, and so that was a big one. Um, number four, HBK angle. Um, that was, that was such a technical clinic and showed that Michaels could do not just the high spots, but he could get in there and wrestle. It showed that we could do high spots too, and that each guy could keep up with the other one. And, uh, I would obviously I'd rather seen HBK win, but you know, it was still it was amazing. just an amazing match. Uh, number three, HBK, Triple H and Benoit. That was just such a perfect match, and just the story of of you know different matches within that match. Um, number two, I agreed with Matt HBK and Undertaker at twenty five. Yeah, we, um, we we all had that one, and that's just such a a perfect match from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. and the finish to that match was so good. You know, Michael's going for that that moonsault. Yep. Undertaker catching him and I think I had done that with like toys and stuff like that before where Undertaker would catch somebody with a moonsault and tombstone them but never thought it could actually happen mm-hmm. and you know see, to see it happen was just like wow he actually did it and it looked so great and everything they did in that match was just you know turned out perfectly number one though uh, for me just you know the thing about wrestling is it, you can have a flawless match, but if you don't tell a story, it's not there. If you don't reach it only, people's it only hearts, so far. right? If you don't reach people's hearts, if you don't, if you don't get to the fans, then it then it's not there. So my number one, without a shadow of a doubt, was Flair and HBK at twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. That, you know, I remember watching that. I was in a bar watching it. And, you know, I, I was crying. There are a bunch of men my age crying. Um, we were hugging each other, strangers. Um, to this day, if I watch the match, I tear up. So that's storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. they told the story the right way, too, because obviously Michaels would win that match, but he gets hurt early on. Missing the dive out, hits the the announce desk and he's hurt and that gives flair the advantage and that that's how you tell the story and make flair believable right. and then and then flair at the end saying all right give it to me give me your best shot you know um wanting to go out on his back and you know that's how you tell a story it was masterfully done yeah and it was the right two guys to do it yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, 
it would it had to be either HBK, and if you had to replace HBK, I guess it would have been Hunter because of their past affiliation and the admiration everyone knows that Hunter has for for Flair. Um, I can't think of anyone, especially during that time, who would it would have been the right person, you know, to have Flair's you know retirement match be with. Like it, there's there's no one else that it could have could have been or should have been. Right. It, the only the only caveat I'd put that is is Hunter is not the worker Sean is. Right, but I'm saying if Sean, you know, if Sean wasn't available for some right. reason, like right. the only other person that it would have had even similar an emotional pull to it would have been Hunter. Right, right, yeah. So let's get on. To, unless you, have, oh, we got the revival. Yes. So, uh, so let. So if you don't know. BRR listeners, the revival known to you as Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson were released by WWE. They have been finally, finally, they have been future endeavor, um, and they have changed their names officially on Twitter, um, which led to some uh, hilarity um, <clears throat> through the internet. And uh, if you think that their their names are are funny, um, you know. I want you to know that, you know, the last names they put on there are their actual real last names. So just because, you know, it sounds kind of, you know, strip club, Chippendale male dancer type names, that is actually their name. So it's, you know, it's actually not that funny. (laughs) But I wonder what you, fair sir, think the future holds for probably, uh, one of the better tag teams that are out there right now. Well, I think the most obvious choice is that you is that they go to AEW. That's the most obvious choice. You know, you have some matchups with them with the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and other teams that would be there. Um, and that's obviously where the most money is. That is not where I hope they go. Oh, um, where do you, where do you hope they go? I hope they go to the NWA and I hope, hope and pray that the NWA not only hires them and that Billy Corgan throws money at them because they are such a perfect fit for the NWA because they are such a, uh, you know, you know, yeah, throwback Tully and Arn Midnight Express style tag team. Mm-hmm. I hope they decide it's such a perfect time and such a perfect, uh, you know, to bring them as a tag team and such a perfect thing to do, hire back Jim Cornette, not as an announcer, but as their manager. Say, hey, you let me go because of a comment I made. Well, guess what? I'm back. I'm not an announcer. I am managing this team, my new protégés. He is their mouthpiece. And you have a dream trio because these guys love Jim Cornette. Okay. These guys um, have patterned themselves not only after Tully and Arm, but after the Midnight Stress. So they've acknowledged that before. Mm-hmm. Um, they have sent in uh, questions to Jim Cornette's drive through before. Um, they love Jim Cornette. Cornette loves them. Um, he just does not want to travel full time. The NWA right now doesn't have a full time travel schedule. If they right. could just do, 
you know, TV tapings mm-hmm. where Cornette could show up and be their mouthpiece on TV and be the controversial where, okay, because he did leave on his own terms, you know, or mm-hmm. not necessarily on his own terms. Yeah, he, he did quit. He, quit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, right. they you he, know, half he, quit, half pushed out. Right. But, if he, but if he comes back, it's not like the NWA is saying, with him coming back with a tag team and not as an announcer, not as office, mm-hmm. but as a manager. Yeah, as an on-screen then, talent. Right. Then it's not like the NWA is endorsing him. And they can kind of be like, oh, we're okay. We're not justifying this. Then you could really have some magic. You could catch a lightning in the bottle with the three of them. And the thing is, you can't have that with AEW. Because Jim Cornette is not going to AEW. The only other thing you ha- possibly have is MLW, and I don't think MLW is big enough. MLW, not, I mean, yeah, they're not big enough. They don't have the money to afford them. Um, and also, I mean, they could definitely use them, and I think they would be very special there. But I don't think they have the roster tag team wise to fully utilize them. Um, actually, I don't even think NWA does, but I, I agree with you as far as the presentation, as far as their style, the NWA presentation, the fact that NWA, everything they're doing with power is a, a throwback presentation. Um, but can you see? It makes, I mean, it makes the most sense. AEW, the only reason, only two things for AEW is the money, like you mentioned earlier. Right. And the other thing is that they that they believe in tag team wrestling, unlike Vince. They have tag teams, like you mentioned, the Bucks, you mentioned Lucha Brothers. There's also, you know, Private Party. There's also the Best Friends. Like, they have tag teams with good workers who they can have great matches with. Um, so there's actually a tag team roster there. Um, you know, um, and I'm forgetting, uh, you know, Kaz and, and Scorpio Sky. Um, there's, so you've got a whole bunch of teams that they could have fantastic matches with and they can make good money. But th- so that that's an option. Ring of Honor is not an option. To me, LMLW is not a real option. It's really between AEW for the money and who they can work with or NWA for automatically they're the top team. Everything fits and they kind of I I mean, here's the thing. If they went to Ring of Honor, the money's probably not there, although Sinclair Broadcasting does have the money. They have the money. I just don't throwing it around. But those two against the Briscoes. But that but then that but that's only one match. That's one match or that's one feud. Um they you know, I, I don't have anybody else. Uh, uh, you know, the, here's the thing. You have to go somewhere that's established that can say, okay, we're doing closed TV tapings right now and we can give you steady money because, you know, four or five, four years ago, three years ago, you could say, I don't need an established company because I can get a non-exclusive contract and I can work here and here and here right. and I can still make as much money as I was making in the WWE, if not more. Right. And that worked. Right. 
And then you had AEW come in and kind of smash that, and everybody's making six figures at least there. Mm -hmm. But you could still go, okay, well, I'll go to, you know, all Japan, I'll go to, you know, I'll go to MLW, I'll go to, um, I'll go to England, I'll go there. But now people aren't holding matches. Right. So unless you're on AEW or WWE or whoever else is holding closed tapings and you've got a guaranteed contract, you can't do that. So right. I, I would say if it was 2016, the revival would say, okay, we'll go to England, we'll go to Japan, we'll go, you know, here and there, and, and we'll, and we'll, you know, just kind of test everything out until we find somebody who really wants to make us who we are. Right. They'll do exactly what Drew McIntyre did. Mm -hmm. They'll do exactly what Cody did. Yeah. But you can't do that when there's a virus shutting down every, right. you know, arena show in the world. Yeah, unless you're going to try the whole private island thing right i was just thinking that but i wasn't gonna say it yeah. <laughs> dana think he's shake so <laughs> yeah, yeah well you know when you're the donald trump of ufc oh lord um yeah. and, that, and that's a great point like you know the the current situation you know globally is impeding their flexibility a lot yeah um, and there but, are a lot of people and there are a lot of people who, um, who, you know, who, whose plan was, you know, I don't need to sign with these big companies. I can do that and are, you know, and are not making money. And, you know, can you file unemployment if you're a wrestler who works internationally? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know. That, and that's tough, especially for, you know, like you mentioned, the Ring of Honor guys who, you may not have those guaranteed deals and other guys, you know, that MLW guys just they're they're in a they're in a tight spot right now. I mean well, yeah, that's that's really tough. Though I hadn't thought about the possibility of them and the Briscoes. That that would be that would be fun to watch. Yeah. For sure. I can't name any other top teams. I'd love to see. The only other team they have, I mean, the recent tag team champions were uh, Jay Lethal and um, uh, and the Octopus, um, John Gresham, which, yeah. you know, I like them both, but I like them both better as singles than as a tag team. But they, outside of the brisket, they have no established tag team. Right. Well, it's, you know, and that's another reason I said the NWA is because the NWA got the Briscoes for the Crockett Cup. Well, because they're, because then the Ring of Honor are back in business together right. again. Right. So that would be another reason I'm, I go for NWA because then we could possibly say it at, at the Crockett Cup. Could you see that in the finals of the Crockett oh. Cup? Oh, man. The, the, the Briscoes and them and dude, that would be, ooh, that would be a final to watch. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's why, you know, that's why Billy Corgan needs to hire me as a booker. So, <laughs> Not because y'all, y'all cousins, y'all like identical cousins. Yeah. And I had someone back when I was, you know, like 80 pounds lighter tell me that he had photographed Billy Corgan and I just looked like a more masculine Billy Corgan. Yeah. So, of course, I was like even more deathly pale then because I worked in nightclubs and I never went out. <laughs> uh, so we want to get on to this year's WrestleMania? 
I mean, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> so, so just to set up here, um, the Cold Hard and I watched WrestleMania at different times. I watched WrestleMania uh, live. He watched it uh, afterwards, and as you watch some of it today, uh, he took notes as he watched, as he generally does. Um, Actually, no, this is the first time I've ever sat down and took diligent notes. Yeah, like, oh, diligent like, notes. Yeah, you've taken notes on other ones. Like I felt like Dave Meltzer or Jim Cornette taking notes here. And uh, tell them how many pages of notes you've you've. Accumulated. Okay, I've got a. I'm gonna hold up here. This is not a full size notebook. All right, but it. I've got eleven pages of notes. Mm. So this know. is this is about a like I don't know two thirds size page of notebook paper. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, so well, before you go, before we go through matches, what did you think just about the aesthetics, the presentation of, of Mania? Because obviously, this is so different um, that they're selling shirts that say I wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. After a while, I forgot there wasn't a crowd there. I see. I can't say that because half of these. Half of them, and, and not understandably so because they're so used to it, half of them start playing to a crowd that's not there. Right. And I've got notes about that in particular ones, too. Yeah. Um, but I'll, you know, I'm, you know, and I'll get to that. But here, here's what I got to start with. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So I started with Stephanie's promo. Okay. Because mm -hmm. she, she introduced both nights. And I said, Stephanie's promo seems self congratulatory. And it reminded me of her 9 11 promo. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, me and my family, Right. shut up. Yeah, they still you know, start patting themselves in the back again. You know, it, and then, the, you know, what I really liked was the America of the Beautiful mm -hmm. uh, little mashup they did of all the people. Um, my two notes on that is America the Beautiful is much better than Star Spangled Banner. Oh, yeah. And, and I won't get into why. And of all the people they had singing it, John Legend was easily the best. Great voice. Yeah. John Legend is proof that you don't have to have this great dynamic range. Um, you just have to have a nice voice to be good. Yeah. Because John Legend's range is actually about the same as mine, but he just has a great voice. Yes. His yeah. range isn't there, but he, what he can do, he can do it. Right. You know. And so, uh, so okay, and that, I wrote this both nights. The, the, the hype video that they had, the, the Viking video they had, mm -hmm. was just silly. Yes. Okay, it was silly. That's all. That, you know, it's silly. All right. It didn't, yeah, it didn't look good. It didn't get anybody excited. It was just, right. yeah, weird. And we're 10 minutes in, and there's no wrestling. Okay, and then we get Gronk, who, oh. who 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 looks ridiculous, but would have been, but would have been great in the eighties. In the eighties, Gronk would have been looked great with Vince and Jesse. <laughs> Gronk, oh Gronk is just a, he's a Gronk is just a big goof, and but he's the most tolerable of the Patriots. He's just such a big goof. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Gronk is always having fun, but he's just such a 
goof. And he's, you know, nothing that when I see that Gronk is there, I immediately am not taking it seriously right. because Gronk is not taking anything seriously. Well, so and, like, and, and here's the thing that originally they announced Alexa was hosting, was going to be the host again this year. Right. Then they signed Gronk. Alexa was campaigning to get the women's titles again. And then they said, okay, we're going to switch it. Gronk's going to be the host. Alexa's going to get a tag title match. And we got Gronk hosting. And then immediately we get Mojo up there with him. Why is Mojo Raleigh still a thing? I, he's not a thing. But um, he's there because he's a, you know, he's ex-NFL. And he was there to try to keep Gronk from going off off script and going rogue because it's very likely that Gronk was throwing them down off camera and Gronk is very likely to go rogue. So he was there for the NFL connection and, and to try to, you know, keep Gronk in line, keep him, also guide him a bit and like, hey, guy, you know, I'm, I'm where you're from. I can help you through this. That's why he was there. Well, what does it say when you need Mojo Raleigh to keep you on track? Because he's a big goof. So here's what I have. Okay. After we do Mojo and Gronk, who is 30 years too late, 20, you know, 35 years too late, rather. Yeah. Um, okay. So, it, you know, the women's tag is a good choice to start the show. But how badly have they botched this division in 13 months? It's been pretty bad. Because they started out, they didn't start this division out with a match on the pre show, they started out with the elimination chamber. Right, and then thirteen months later, they haven't even defended these titles in months. Yeah. And it, just there. and if you follow uh, Alexa Alexi on Twitter, which I do, um, she's been saying for months, "Where are the Kabuki Warriors? When are the tag titles going to be defended? When are the tag titles going to be defended? Nikki and I defended the titles. When are the tag titles going to be defended?" Well, we finally got him defended at, at, at WrestleMania, but, you know, it was a big deal. It was a big deal at WrestleMania when, uh, when, when the boss and Bailey lost them and, yeah. and, and, and then whined about them and then losing them. And then the Iconics were the perfect heels who, who were, you know, didn't want to defend them and then lost them. And then, you know, there was all this stuff going on, so they kept them active, and they defend them on all three brands, and then they just disappeared. So it's not – when you have belts that are on all three brands, it's not hard to defend them, okay? No. It's not hard to promote them, and you don't have to make them a centerpiece, but it's real simple. Okay, one month you go on Raw, and you go, okay, this is the team we're going to defend against. Right. And you start a program with them, and then that that much pay per view to defend against them, and then you go to SmackDown, and you okay, this is the team. You start a program with them. You wrestle some singles with them, yep. And then and then that pay per view, you wrestle against them, and then you go to NXT. Okay, this is the team, and then maybe you say, okay, we're going to have a four way where there's a team from each brand. Right. And, and teams from each brand are going to compete to see who gets to be in there. And there's going to be a team from Raw, a team from SmackDown, a team from NXT, and there's going to be a, and there's going to be a fatal four-way. And then you start the whole thing over again. It's not that hard. No. It doesn't have to be the most important belt, but it's not hard to keep it active. Exactly. You know, it's not that hard to do. People 
like women who can wrestle, you know, and it's not that hard to do. And you have enough women to do this. There, in fact, there are plenty of talented women in the roster you're not doing stuff with. They're doing absolutely nothing with a lot of them. So yeah, right. So this is a way to do stuff with the talented women you have. Um, so about the match itself, um, you know, one of the things that I said. Um, uh, the, the fact that we're still talking about Asuka's NXT run shows how little they've done with her on the main roster. Yeah, it's been horrible. So, I mean, they, they immediately go into, oh, Asuka has 500-something days as NXT champion. Well, she's been on the main roster a long time, guys. What's yeah. she done on the main roster? Why are you still talking about her NXT days? Oh, maybe that is more just to hype the NXT belt because they know that what the future holds on the show. But at the same time, then NXT was the promotional brand and and the developmental brand. And, you know, she did have a run with the blue belt, but like that run was so forgettable. And I mean, once they brought her up, well, they, didn't, they didn't do anything with her when right. she was the champ. They just they put it on her, but then they didn't use her, and then they took it off her. It was well, well, look what they did. They had her. They brought her up. They had her win the Royal Rumble, but she barely won. Right. With Nikki Bella being the last one, you know, they should have had her buzzsaw Nikki Bella. Okay. Oh, that'd been great. The, then. They have her challenge Charlotte Flair and lose, which at the time I agreed with, okay, because I thought if anybody should beat her for the first time, it should be Charlotte. But she wins, but the belt finally. But it was wasn't because she won the belt; it was because Ronda wanted Becky and Charlotte to lose. Right. It wasn't because she won; it was because somebody else wanted the other two to lose. And she and and then she beat Becky at the Royal Rumble, but people booed that out of the building because Becky was the most over person they had at the time. Mm -hmm. And then she loses to Charlotte again, and the runs just forgot. So then she wins the uh, tag titles, and then they're just kind of shelved. And, yeah. you know, what happens then, you know? So the other thing um, I put is that, you know, uh, you know, for as good of a heel as she was, Lexi's really improving as a face. Um, and it's funny how she's turned some of her old heel spots into baby face spots. Okay. You know, she was such a dastardly heel, and she's really turned into a baby face. Um, her old spot where she turned the girls down and hold her face right, um, right in her face. Now she's turned that into a baby face spot and it actually works. Um, and she's, and she's, I never thought she'd get over as a baby face and she actually has. Um, and there was some ba good baby face and, and so is Nikki cross. Um, and, and there's good baby face, uh, high spot teamwork from them when they knocked them to the outside and they did their dives to the ice outside. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. Um, and then 
the warriors turn it around and then the warriors start shouting people on the outside. Who are they shouting to? I, I don't know. You know, so that was what I was going on. And then, um, so then uh, some notes I had on the warriors themselves. Asuka really looks like a shell of her former self. Like just her persona, the way she works. She, she is not the, the buzzsaw she used to be. I, I don't, I don't, now I don't know how much you follow her, um, but I follow her on Instagram and I also follow her YouTube channel and she seems to be trying to, she seems to have lost a lot of her, her joy in, mm-hmm. in the business. And so she's leaning heavily upon, you know, her, her gaming hobbies and her other hobbies to try to you know, keep her happy because she seems to be very unhappy and know, it with her career. Yeah, right now. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, I, I can't be mad at her for that because the the WWE doesn't seem to know what they're doing with the women's division. I, I'm not. I'm not faulting her. I'm just saying it shows. Yeah, it shows exactly. It, it shows, and and that and that's it's it's tough because I want her to to always look good, but obviously, you know, if you're not if your heart's not in it, it's it's going to show. At the same time, Kari Zane um, looks like she's lost. Um, I mean, she is coasting on something since she was in the Mayan Classic. I mean, she was in the Mayan Classic. She's like, focus, boom, boom. Um, I don't know if it's since she's lost her pirate princess persona. She doesn't know who she is as the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I'll say this. Like, I, I don't like Io Shirai. Like, I think she's a dangerous performer still. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I think, but since she's turned heel, she still knows who she is. Um, yeah, yeah, but then that's, it's also more to her better persona as, as a heel, right. too. Kyrie Zane, as a heel, doesn't know who she is since she can't march across the ring and she can't do um, that, that persona. She, she gets in the ring and she looks like she's lost. Um, you know, um, one of the things I never considered without an audience is I never considered how easy it is to hear the ref's instructions to wrestlers before. Mm-hmm. You know, you, um, hear, you heard everything. Yeah. Every step, every slap, every grunt, everything. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed is uh, it, Nikki is finally getting to show how good of a worker she is. Um, anyone who saw Nikki and in the UK knows how good of a worker she is. But then when she came in with sanity, she just was like this crazed brawler right. and you didn't get to see what a good worker she is. And now that she's with bliss cross, she's in their baby faces. She's a worker again and you're getting to see how good she is. And I, and I'll, and I like that you're getting to see how good of a worker she is. Oh, me too. Um, you know how much of a big Nikki cross fan I am. Yeah, um, Lexi's improvement as a worker is showing a lot um, from where she was a few years ago, because uh, you know she never was a you know she never was a worker before she started training, um, and her technical skills are, have really improved, um, especially when you consider how much she's been out with injuries. She, she's often hurt. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, she's often been in there with clumsy people. 
Rhonda, Sasha. Um, there's uh, there was a spot where uh, Nikki had the pin on Oscar, and Sane was supposed to come in with the insane elbow, and that elbow was desperately late. Yeah, and where the referee kind of stopped and waited on the elbow to come in. Um, um, and I just want to ask, what did you think I thought about the finish? Uh, hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not even sure. I, I was, my thoughts immediately were, okay, well, JT's happy because, you know, his girl, his girl's team went over. Um. I, you know, I didn't think much about how you would would have uh, thought about the finish. The right team won, but it was the wrong finish, and it kind of pissed me off. Because I don't know anybody that said anything good about the finish. I, there were a lot of finishes in, in at this pay per view that I, I I didn't like. Here's here's what I mean. Okay, when they won the titles, they. And, and when they had won several matches, both singles and tags, they won by blowing mist in Nikki's face. Right. And when they won, when they win the titles back, Lexi gets the pin. The way they win, they should have gotten the belts back. Was Oscar goes for the mist? Mm-hmm. Nikki goes, uh, uh-uh, uh, ducks. Oscar blows mist in the air. Nikki kicks her. Hits the neck breaker, gets the pin. Oh, they were never going to do that. That's booking one on one. That's what they should have done. I'm not disagreeing with you, but but they're never going to make Nikki Cross the bigger star in that aspect over Alexa Bliss. She's not the money maker. Bliss is that. They're never going to do that. But it but it gives but it makes Nikki look good, and it gives them their comeuppance, and it gives her 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 validation. Oh, you're you're completely correct, but you know Vince would never do it. He would never. He would. He would never book it that way. But I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Vince believes uh, that much in Nikki Cross as as a star. I don't. I don't think he believes in her that way. But th- there's some things you do just because it's right, not because it's about being a star. I, I agree. I yeah. just, you know, you're you're not wrong. So then we got next match, and I was just like, "Why?" <laughs> so that well, okay. Next, actually, that was a promo by by Sami Zayn hyping his Intercontinental Title match, and it was just a great promo. Sami's a great Sami's a great promo. Um, and then we got the next match, and I was like, "Why?" And first, my first set that was King Corbin. Why is this still a thing? No, no, you know what? To me, my problem with uh, King Corbin is not even the fact that they don't. He's a heel that no one likes, and and they say, and to me, putting him as King of the Ring was okay. No one likes him. Great, we'll use that. Let's put the screws. Let's let's screw it. Let's screw the people with it. Just keep putting you know, keep putting him in, in high, put him in high matches, put him in important matches. Well. That's what you were gonna go for. Then do it. You have him wrestling meaningless, a meaningless match with Elias, for what? Who cares about a king of the ring who's not in the main title picture or at least near the top of the card? No one cares. Well, I mean, he's king of the ring, and you're making him look like an idiot the way he's dressed. 
and then, <laughs> and then okay elias falls 15 feet onto you know back first onto a concrete floor and they say he's raring to go he's, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he hits corbin with a guitar in the back and i guess that makes two of them even right know. because because right. The, because the guitar that's wood you know is the same as falling and you know gravity and cement right so then they get going the first thing i know is that elias took a real nice bump over the top rope to the floor that was just elias is a really underrated worker he, mm -hmm. he does some nice bumps there's some nice spots he does oh yeah um, and one thing that really bothered me, and this is just wrestling one-on-one, why isn't Elias wearing a, ba a brace or why isn't there some tape around Elias's stomach or on his back or something like that? Why isn't there something showing Elias's injury? They don't was, do that anymore. There was some, there was some, you know, uh, you know, physio tape on his shoulder and they kept saying, only oh, injury shows. If he landed on his shoulder from 15 feet in the air, his shoulder would be crushed. Yes. Okay, he wouldn't have physio tape. Okay, if he, will, be, he will be in a sling if he right, landed right. on that. No, he no he would be in, in surgical restraints because or his traction. shoulder would have been it would have been crushed. Okay, if he if he landed back first, okay, maybe his body absorbed or strained him, but he's going to have some tape or something on his body. I mean, he'd have the Ricky Steamboat tape, and then Corbin could rip at the tape and start tearing it off and. And you say, oh, what a dastardly guy Corbin is, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and all eyes can sell it, you know, that's, it's not rocket science, they, you know, they don't, they don't do that anymore, but they should is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, it mm -hmm. tells the story, even the, even those of us who it doesn't suspend our, our, dis, you know, doesn't spend our disbelief anymore. Right. It still tells the story properly. Right. Here, here, here's something I wrote down. Does. Does Elias realize that with no crowd there, he doesn't have to shout at the ref? Because <laughs> he's absolutely no. shouting at the ref. There's nobody yeah. there, he's and he's shouting at the, at the ref, and it's way too loud, you know. Yeah. Um, so did no one tell Elias to sell his injuries? Because he didn't sell the entire time. And it's like, okay, you, you, you almost didn't come out because of your injuries but you don't sell them the entire time. So anytime you, your back hits that turnbuckle, you should be, you know, wincing in pain. You should be doubled right. up. You should be a mess. Any, not just anytime you hit the turnbuckle, you hit the ropes. You should, oh my gosh, you, you hit a slam. You, you take a, you, you hit a, you, you hit a suplex yourself or, or you come off the ropes or anything like that. Or yeah, you, you're, you you're, take you're, a your top rope. Or, your back and, <clears throat> right. You should, you know, anything you do, you should be selling your back, okay. you know. So it's, um, um, one of the things I loved was that when uh, the ref caught Corbin cheating, and then Elias immediately turns around, rolls up Corbin, and cheats back to get the win. Yeah, pulled on his belt. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I'm actually glad to see people cheating because one of the things I, I think I mentioned to you before, and I know I've mentioned the, the franchise before, is that nobody, if people cheat now, it always has to be a foreign objects. Right. You know, but no one ever puts their feet on the rope right. or no one pulls tights. You know, those are things that people should be doing. Classic you know? heel stuff. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and I was glad to see it being done. It, it warmed my heart because what we need to see more of it, it, and it's just little things is putting your feet on the ropes, hooking the tights, 
if you got somebody in a chin lock, put your pull, feet on pull, the bottom pull, rope. Pull, pull. No, right. I, when's the last time we've seen you know uh, a standing, you know, uh, you know, standing lock and and you know the heel, um, you know, reaches out and grabs the rope for leverage? Like, you know, when's the last time we've seen that? Right there, or, or in a tag team match, get get a move and reach out and grab your partner's hand for ropes for yep. leverage. You know, so. I, I was really glad to see people cheating, but you know what? This match, it was just there. You know, there there didn't seem to be a lot of reason behind it. There didn't seem to be a lot of passion behind it. No one, yeah, no one and, cared about that match. Yeah. So then we get, you know, Shayna and Becky. Um, my question was, did Shayna actually say the S word and the B word in a promo? Yes, she did. And then they do Becky's intro, and you know what? That was just completely pointless without a crowd. Oh yeah, that that was one time Horrible. I noticed that there was no crowd. Um, then because she was playing to it, and and then I said this to you last night when I was watching this. I texted you. I said Shana could dealy for tree by looking at it. Now now Ooh. here's here's something I I really noticed, and it kept bothering me every time I saw it. The big match intros the big match intros that they do where they go in, in this corner, the challenger, this right. match is for this. And the, and in the challenger, this is pointless without a crowd to react because they'd say, you know, this match is for the raw women's championship in this corner, the challenger, Shayna Baszler. And then they pause for reaction. Right. There's nobody. There's to no, there, there's no one there to react. Do you think we're sitting, you know, in our couches going, yay. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no one there to react. This is the case in which they did this in the women's tag match. And, and they should have done this in every match, every time match where they go, the following match is for the raw women's championship. First coming to the ring, the challenger, right? Shayna Baszler. And the the champion you know becky lynch right they right. should just done it during the intros and the thing is if you're going to and if you're going to do the big match style then you need to change your camera view because they you have it zoomed out where they're they're doing their poses or whatever which would be for a crowd but if you're crowded you know all of your crowd is sitting at home then you need to get closer, tighter shots so that they can play to the camera where the crowd actually is if they're going to do a taunt because we are, you know, a pose because posing in front of it, nobody just to pose looks absolutely ridiculous. Right. Um, I wrote this down, you know, watching this match when you're, when you're wrestling Shayna, this is the only time legit selling a kick to the butt is justified. That would hurt. And they they did a good job of transitioning the shoot catches can style that Shayna does with pro wrestling stuff. That they did a good mm -hmm. job. I didn't see how they were gonna do it because some stuff Shayna did and then transition into to, to pro wrestling pins and things like that mm -hmm. um, from Becky and I thought that was good. Um, and they told a good story with Becky constantly going for the disarmor because she knew that was the only way she was gonna win. That was the way she was going to win because she couldn't just beat Shane and Shane was too good, you know. Um, and uh, I, however, we, we, we don't, what did you know? The I didn't like the finish 
to this I, match. I, I have a note about that. Okay. Okay. That's my only other note about this. Becky won the same way Brett beat Piper 28 years ago. Has no one taught people that use that finish how to defend against it? Okay. So let's be honest. The cure of Munich is basically a sleeper, a sleep joke. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the same as the same as the uh, Taz mission, the same as Joe's. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Joe, Joe got beat with it not long ago. You know, yeah. a lot of, you know, we've seen, we saw uh, Stone Cold get beat with it in 96. Has no one taught anyone how to let go? Yeah, if they're rolling you back and they're pitting you because you're holding on to them, let go. <laughs> yeah, it's it, uh, I mean, it happened at WrestleMania, you know, right. no, it, so it's, I mean, it's, it's not like it happened at bad blood and right. the memory of it isn't going to be as strong right. when it happened at mania and it's a, a big mania moment, people are going to remember. Right. So that was, you know, so to me, that kind of. You know, I, I could see neither woman submitting, but that finish was, eh. It wasn't good. Yeah. All right. and, yeah and to so. me, it, it, it adds to the fact that, in my personal opinion, as much as I like <laughs> Becky, her one-year run as Raw Women's Champion has been very stale and very, very, just very meh. Yeah. And at the same time, things like that go on the heads of the producers. Yes. And ultimately absolutely. on the head of Vince because Vince, okay, we know now Vince, okay, is the producers, mm -hmm. you know, finishes. Um. So, you know, and I wonder who's producing those matches now. Right. So. Maybe, maybe that was a best. So that's, you know, it. it I don't know. I, I, I it, it, there, there needs to be some new finishes put out there. I agree. So, so then we went to the the match I was really looking forward to: Sammy and Daniel Bryan. Because mm -hmm. uh, these are, you know, guys that were indie darlings not, you know, too terribly long ago. Although Daniel Bryan's definitely been with uh, WWF for a while. Um, but you know, he was a ring of honor guy for a long time. Oh yeah. And you know, Sammy was for well, a good while too. Um, but you know, one thing I definitely noticed is Sammy's ring gear in his sky entrance does not work with his current character. No, it just doesn't fit. You know, he, you know, that's for, uh, you know, a fun loving baby face. And he's definitely not that. Um, one thing that, you know, talking about the, the being the, the intercontinental champion i'm really surprised they have not had miz tie and or break jericho's record yet uh i don't think they like miz enough to do that well it's just that miz is the closest person to jericho's record right which and is what 11 it would be, something like that no it, jericho's record is nine miz has eight miz has eight okay and so Jericho's the face of AEW, so if he, so it only ta would take him winning one to tie it, 
and he could win one they could not even acknowledge it oh, and true, you mean, you mean two well he's got nine that he's got eight oh the, Jericho he has, has I thought he had seven okay okay so you no, won the so, tie so he could win it lose it on a pay-per-view win it back the next night and they go oh miss has the record for mm-hmm. you know for intercontinental title reigns. right um so i'm surprised they have done just to just to stick it to jericho yeah and that is you know because vince is that petty i yeah. think i think if you do that though you actually need to let Miz run with it because then you know if he has something that's historic and special, he's the first and only 10-time Intercontinental Champion, you need to have you know merch for that. You need to really let him have a, a nice run with that belt then. And I don't think he's, you know, I, I prefer, I would prefer to see something like that than this flashback they're doing with uh, him and Morrison. Like, I'm ready for that to be over and, and let him and Morrison be singles guys but well I'd, I'd really like to see them actually push Morrison much much further than he is now oh Morrison, so do I. I, I Morrison's a missed opportunity and I'll talk about that after the next after this current match so um so you know with Sammy we see some really really classic old school stalling because he does not want to touch Daniel Bryan he is he does everything just not to touch him first of all yeah. he 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 is sliding out of the ring he is diving he is he's he's running behind people he is i mean just does everything he can um you know not to do anything finally you know daniel says okay just take your count out and then he tackles him and beats right. on him and then throws him in the ring um and then uh when they finally like up there is uh, you know, he starts just doing some hilarious bargaining. Yes. And he's, uh, well, you know, if you just do this, if you just, you know, um, and that was, that's some, that's classic stuff. And oh, it yeah. was fun. It was great. And it, oh, yeah. it, it was, um, and it's what a heel should do. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I know there are some people who are like hardcore Zane fans going, that made him look weak. Well, he's a heel. He should. You know, and, and he and he's you know, and he's a coward heel. That's right. what he's he, supposed to be. That's what he's supposed to do. Right, exactly. And he and then, man, when they got started, uh, when he started, uh, then Brian started laying in with some uh, cross faces that Ray, Regal used to do that looks really stiff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they actually were stiff, but they look stiff. Yeah. Um, but they look really good. Um, and then there was one point where the line of the night for me was Cole goes, is Sammy crying? And Cole, and then JBL says, there should be no, really shouldn't be any crying at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the great finish, um, when, uh, of course, um, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Brian's guy. Not cool. Um, I mean, uh, Gulak. Yeah, Gulak. Gets take Drew Gulak. He gets taken out, uh, and then Daniel Bryan makes the save. He gets back in, tries to make the dive, Haluva kick out of nowhere as the counter. Uh, and that was uh, you know a really interesting finish. Haluva kick out as the as the counter. The counter, yeah. And you get the finish. So, so here, here's my thing about my little points on this match. Just 
and I like this match. I thought this match was good. This oh, was I did too. This is the first match that I truly that I enjoyed on the show. Um, during the introductions, um, I noticed Daniel Bryan's T-shirt still said, you know, the planet's hero on it. And I'm like, he's that he hasn't done that pretty much since he lost to Kofi last year. Like, are, are, is that still supposed to be a thing? Like, and I wouldn't mind if he still was pushing the whole planet hero, Captain Planet thing. Uh, I thought it was grid heel stuff. But I'm like, are we that lazy on our merch that we're, that we're wearing some you know, year old stuff here? Um, how is Drew Gulak his... I mean, not and not to knock Drew Gulak, but how is he supposed? How am I supposed to believe that he's the wrestling coach for Daniel Bryan? How am I supposed to believe that? You know, I got the feeling more that, like, just watching, like, I didn't believe he's Daniel Bryan's wrestling coach. I'm like, is he Daniel Bryan's mini me? I'm like, no, he's bigger than Daniel Bryan. Is he his maxi me? I mean, <laughs> yeah. is he. Like and then to me, that's why I was like, is he supposed to be his coach? Is he supposed to be helping? Like, what what is going on here? Because like you said, he's not he's not he's, he's bigger. Like, and he's more imposing, so it's like he's not his lackey. He's you know, like what is going on here? Is this the worst season of NXT or what? You know, right? Like it was just, <laughs> it was this is really weird. Yeah. So it was for me. It was. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense. None of the associations make sense. Cesaro, yeah, uh, Sh- uh, Nakamura, Nakamura, and, and Sammy, and Sammy. Like none of that makes sense either. So unless, unless they were going with one of those, you know, League of Nations or whatever, you know, stables with or which they're not. Right, but I mean, did did Vince have too many doors and ice and was like, I've got an idea, pal. Well, it, especially since Cesaro and Gulak had that, you know, match on the pre-show, it's like, okay, you know, are, are they going to just, you know, start brawling? And, and, and was Vince, Vince like, Daniel Bryan and Gulak have to be partners because they both have beards. Right. And they only, they like to wrestle and, you know, and throw Cesaro out there. Didn't he just have a match with Gulak? That was great. Like, it just yeah it makes those those pairings make no sense uh and i'm i'm especially the whole i mean i know he call it wrestling coach what like really like that doesn't make any sense yeah it was um it it really uh, it, the, the the pairings didn't feel didn't make sense but i really love the match itself Oh, yeah, match match was good. Match was yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, just the the extracurriculars, for lack of a better term, to me were just very big head scratchers. Yeah. Now, speaking of head scratchers, we had a three way ladder match for the tag team belts, but it featured three singles guys. Right. So when I did my when I did the predictions, um, I mentioned that my my prediction for this match was that. Um, well, my prediction doesn't matter, but um, I mentioned that the rumor was that Miz uh, was was ill and did not participate in the tapings. Right. And uh, probably uh, an hour after recording that, uh, WWE released that there would be a singles triple threat match, which uh, 
I assume that and Ms. was ill. Ms. was ill, and hey, I you know, I understand um, why they're having the change. I I personally probably would have just liked them to scrub the match entirely, but you know I don't want people not to get the WrestleMania payday either. Right, it's, you had you had to do. You, you, I think it was like you know what. I think they had to do what they had to do because my understanding is that Miz was just too ill to participate. Like so, I think Miz got there and was like, you know, what? I'm too sick to do it, and you know, it was like, okay, now what do we do then? It's like, you know, what? let's just make it a singles match and you know, right. call it, it a day. Here, here was my thing. It, but still, it feels awkward because you're looking at. Three guys going right. for two belts. Yeah. Right. Going for a tag thing. And, and you're looking at it, it's just, okay, this is weird. And then my, my next thought was, you know, how much does this suck for Kofi? Because last year. last year you were competing for the WWE title. Right. Last yeah. year you're, you're, you know, pretty much the main event and you're going for the world title. And this year you're going for the tag titles in a three way okay. ladder match. Right. And. You know, then I was like, hey, I'm wearing my New Day shirt, by the way, and coincidentally. You know, but, you know, I didn't, you know, because of that dynamic, I didn't think I was going to enjoy the match. Um, I was wrong. Uh, see, I I thought I was going to enjoy the match, and I found it underwhelming. There, there were some spots to me, to me, it ran a little long. Um, I didn't, I thought it could have been a little shorter. Um but I was really hoping to see my my hoping my hope was because of this dynamic of just only being singles. Like I was hoping to see something different. So because if I'm if I'm booking this, I'm like okay, probably going to keep. The, they're probably I'm thinking they're probably going to keep the titles on Miz and Morrison. Um, so I'm thinking, all right, how are they going to try to have? Because the New Day are they're pretty much always going to be faces now. So how are we going to have, you know, heel Usos try to, you know, steal this? I'm thinking, all right, I've got a pair of identical twins here, and only one of them is supposed to be competing in this match. Let me hide one of them under the ring. You know, they do a switch during the match. The one's fresh, and maybe they do it a couple times or whatever. It's just something to make it a little bit more interesting than three dudes fighting over two belts. You know, and unfortunately, there was – it was just like a triple threat match for a singles title. It was just like, okay, you know, and here's some of the predictable high spots we're going to do. Um, and it's just, I like, I enjoyed the match, but uh, there was, I was hoping for something else because it's supposed to be WrestleMania. I'm hoping for something that's going to pop a bit more aside from kind of something that I felt like I've seen before. Well, given that you have, Kofi and Morrison especially and given what I've seen those guys doing ladder matches before and their astounding agility mm -hmm. and what they can do between ladders I didn't want to see people going through ladders okay I hate that right. oh, yeah. but, but what they can do between ladders and jumping between ladders now mm -hmm. Kofi hit an amazing missile drop kick on Morrison yes he did where that it looked crazy. like he took his whole upper body off yeah, okay. I was like, he's dead. Yeah, but I went and see some just astounding, crazy agility stuff, and I didn't see that, you know? Right. Um, but I was like, but, you know, like when it came to finish, I was like, I could say creative finish, but was it? 
because we've kind of seen that before. We've seen that before. Right. And, and, and it was like, it was, a, and it was a head scratcher. It was like, right. even Cole was like, huh? Yeah. And it was and like Morrison dropped one of the belts and it was like, well, right. he's got one of the belts. And what I've always thought would be kind of cool is like, if you've got was when it says someone comes down with both belts was okay. What if, what somebody if they, grab, somebody grab grabs one, one belt and the guy that grabs another belt and say, okay, well, now you guys oh, are now, the tag team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. Yeah. Have, okay. Well, have now, Jimmy and more, Kofi be the tag team champions yeah. and have a very interesting story between the New Day or, and the Usos. Or Morrison and Kofi be a tag team, and that would be an amazing tag team right there. That would be really, really cool to watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like it just, but that would be something fresh that I'm like, okay, now we've got, you know, now we've got a, a new team. Now, now, and then that team's probably not going to last more than a, you know a few weeks. But we have something new to you know to develop around story wise. That was what I was hoping to see. Right. Um, not not Morrison fall on his back and drop that drop that belt, which he wasn't supposed to drop. I'm sure, but the the pain of landing on the ladder, I'm sure, caused him to drop that. Right. Belt. I'm I'm positive it did. Well, actually, he was holding, you know, he's holding the thing, and it probably just popped off. But yeah. yeah. So, going on to the next thing, um, that was good pie hype package for Ko and Rollins. Mm -hmm. But I I have I I you know this is me personally as 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 a person, as an individual. But I have a real issue with Rollins' uses of Messiah and term the term crucify. That really uh, the Monday me. night. Okay, okay. You know, a lot of people really have a problem. Me. A lot of problem. People have the problem with the Monday night Messiah. I'm, I've been hearing a whole lot of that. If he just used crucify, that's fine because a lot of people have been crucified throughout history. Okay, right. but when you pair that with Messiah, I have a problem with. It. Okay. Yeah. So so that that bothers me personally. Um, and the, there's the whole constant praying hands pose too. Right. So then, um, we basically got two matches out of this. We did. Um, yeah. And and the first one was not as good as I would expect from these two, and it ends in a cheap DQ finish, and I just said cheap DQ finish. Um, and then, um, and then I put this, and and this is the truth if you think about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I said, KO asking for a match to be restarted is supposed to make him brave. Really, it makes him dumb. He just got his bell rung, pun intended, and he's given Ron's license to cheat. Yeah. So, so I mean, he gets hit in the head with a bell, and 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 you know, for all intents and purposes, he'd be concussed. And then he says, "Let's restart. You're the the bad guy." Let's do no DQ. No so, you DQ. so so you if you hit me again with a foreign object, you won't get disqualified. And you run with this pack of hellions. So if they interfere, I won't get disqualified. Now, granted, it worked out from him, but um it but realistically, it, but it, realistically would not work out. it would not work out. Now there was a huge high spot on the WrestleMania sign in right. the restarted match um but it was uh but this the, both of these matches just were not what i expected um because here's what i really wanted to see okay i wanted to see tyler black versus kevin steen yeah but <laughs> and what i got was seth rollins versus 
Kevin Kevin Owens. Yeah, but yeah, that's just, that's that's a problem when you have such a great history like that because you're hoping you get what see, I'm saying. Yeah, because you're and, hoping to see Tyler Black and Kevin Steen, right? And now you've got you know, and it's ten years later, and you've got a couple of guys who are starting to feel their age. And I, well, I it's it's not their age because I think they could be Tyler Black and Kevin Steen again. It's, I think Rollins is done being Tyler Black. I think I think. I think he could be as good. He might not be as good as he once was, but I think he, but I think he could be as good once as he ever was. I thought Owens was done being Kevin Steen, but then he went up there and jumped, and I'm like, okay, I thought right. you were done with that, Kev. Wow. I mean, here's here's the thing. I I think I think it's the WWE that's gotten into him that's turned in them into Owens and Rollins. Yeah, and that's what and that's what has turned them. I mean. It's at the same time, Steen needed to change a little bit. I don't think, I don't think Black needed to change that much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Jim Cornette talks about how he tried to, you know, get Kevin Steen to shower and clean his gear and Mm -hmm. not super kick the five foot girl ring announcer and things like that and lose a little bit of weight. And, when he was in ring and of honor and apparently he wouldn't do that but when wb paid him you know six figures the money, yeah. he, you know maybe seven figures he was willing to do that you know mm-hmm. but um you know tyler black was you know buying the way he was you know yeah and uh you know i think he i think up until you know i hate to say it i think up until he won the title last year i think seth rollins was fine and you know i don't know whether it was winning the title and the influence of the wwe or becky or what but something happened last year and he lost something. She's been the biggest change. I mean, he's, he had, you know, been champion before. He'd been on top before. Um, you know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe he's just entering to another phase, you know, where he's like, you know, I'm trying to be a bit more. I don't know. It's I, I know what you're saying. Um, there's definitely been a difference. Um you know, you know, maybe he's just his 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 mindset is definitely changing. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe he wants to, you know, maybe he's thinking about his exit, and you know, he's he's planning on making sure that he doesn't get hurt. You know, I don't know. I, I had I had high expectations for that match, and I guess it just didn't live up to it. So, uh. Then, well, let me. But before we go on the next one, most people I've talked to so far still feel that was the best match of WrestleMania. I I'm going to disagree. Okay. And uh, and and you're going to find out why soon. Okay. Okay. Uh, next thing we had was a Heyman promo, and I was disappointed because it was just a typical Heyman promo. Heyman always gives a good promo. But it was a typical Heyman promo. I expected for WrestleMania, I want something special Special. from Heyman, you know? And it was just any other Heyman promo. 
I think Paulie, um, I, th- I think not having the uh, not having a, a crowd to give any type play of reaction, off of. play yeah. off of, you know, I think that especially for WrestleMania, it, it's I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get hyped up when you're so used to having the crowd there, especially right. when someone like Heyman, and then as great as he is at playing to the crowd because his his promos, you know, are great as like you said, but when he's got that crowd reacting, it's you know he makes magic happen and right you know so the next match we had was the WWE championship or, or was it WWE you know sorry universal championship universal champion yeah and that was goldberg and braun which was a last minute edition because roman pulled because that roman, out for yes. for corona uh, considerations right and Again, they do the big match intro without a crowd, which, and and this is called adaptation, guys. Okay. If you, this is when, okay, they taped this ahead of time. Okay. They taped it a a week and and half ahead of time. Okay. This is when, you know, Vince is supposed to be a perfectionist. Okay. Vince has been known to do things in front of a live crowd and say, ah, that sucks. Go back out there and do it again. Yeah, exactly. In front of a live crowd. Yes. Okay. He's done it. And, and, and go out in front of a live crowd, come up with a crap explanation and, and redo a match or a finish in front of a live crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why not in front of a crowd? Could they not redo introductions? Right. Okay. So, or at least the second time go, let, let's not do the big match introduction. It kind of sucked the last time, you know? So. I have the time when they do it, it sucks in from the live crowd because it's just not, it just, just doesn't feel right to me, but right. continue. I mean, so we go in, Goldie hits Spears. Braun pretty much no sells him. He gets slammed a bunch and he gets pinned. Okay. Now, if he gets pinned by the replacement pro- opponent, you got to pretty much guess that, that Roman was going to pin him. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to do that, then why did you waste the fiend on Goldberg? Crack. I guess I, 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 I've, I've given up trying to make any sense whatsoever of it. I'm going to talk more. I'm going to talk more about the fiend on tomorrow's show. Okay. But the, okay. So then uh, I'm not even going to get into it now, but so then Braun finally gets his belt, which the fans clamored for, but I'm sitting here going, is it too little too late? I think it is too late. Especially, Especially for the fact that, for the fans that still want to see Braun with the belt, you put it on him when there's no fans there to to revel in. Finally, he got his. Like right. that. Sometimes the the reaction and afterwards culminates that moment. You know, and they're celebrating with the fans in front of the fans. He just he didn't he didn't have that, and it it made it feel very stale. I mean, that's stale, but very flat. And also the fact that it was Oldberg that he beat Ford and not someone that anybody really believed was the Universal Champion. Right. If he had beaten Roman or he had beaten The Fiend. If he had beaten The Fiend, right. yes. 
it would have been a completely different reaction and if and there would have definitely been more of a vested interest in it. He beat and not in a one minute match. Right. You know, he, yeah. he beat a 52, 53 year old guy who no one wants to see anymore outside of the Saudis with their money. Okay. So I have a lot of notes on the next match. Okay. And I think you're gonna be surprised about my feelings about this. So my first note was, you know, I'm watching it and I see the uh, the, the the hearse come out mm-hmm. and, and the coffin pop and I'm you know and I hear the the Undertaker music go out. So on Undertaker's coming out first. For those listening, um, the, this we're talking about the boneyard match. The boneyard match, match between AJ Styles and uh, back into his biker gimmick, the Undertaker. Right. And so I said, well, it's weird that the Undertaker's coming out first. And then the coffin pops out and it's AJ Styles. And I thought, and go, that's cute that AJ popped out of the casket. I thought know? that I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a fun little thing, too. Well, you and know, then, honestly, what that did for me is actually told me what was going on. Right. Because and then for the entire time, I'm like, what is a boneyard match? They never right. gave us an explanation on what it was. Right. And then the Undertaker coming in on the chopper instead of like a funeral dirge or something like that mm-hmm. and him come out with the new music uh which by the way for anyone who wants to know is metallica called now that we're dead uh that him coming in the chopper i liked that mm-hmm. um it was because what they did was he looked like the the the, the biker undertaker right. but he also mixed in some of the supernatural undertaker into the gimmick too mm-hmm. um I liked the grit of this. Now you knew right away that something was going to be different because there was a different um, quality of the video of what they were doing. Um, the video was a different quality. There was a different feel about everything. And this is when they did what Vince famously said once that we make movies. Okay. This is when you knew something was going to be different. They're making a movie, but at the same time they had a wrestling match. Okay. And I'll, and here's what I like about it. They were, they like the grit of it because what AJ do right away, he picked up a brick and tried to hit an undertaker with it. There's like a stone laying there and he picks right. it up and he tried to hit an undertaker with it. And then before, and then they're rolling around they start getting their, their arms bloody, you know, because that would, that's what really would happen if you're fighting not around in an area like that. Um, yeah. When taker hit the, uh, the window, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the window, he, well, they say they say he hard weighed that. Um, well, he, he starts. Well, I'm about to get that. He goes. Uh, he says. Um, he he starts chasing after him, and I like that right away. He called him Allen. He called yes. AJ Allen yeah. after after AJ had been calling him Mark and Mark. talking about Michelle and stuff like that. I like that he automatically called him Allen, and then we hit the hearse, and he started chasing around the hearse, and the cast and the caskets come out of the back of the hearse. Um, and he breaks the window, whether he hard-weighted or it was gimmick. He cut his arm on that, yes. and his arms were all bloodied up. AJ's arms were all bloodied up. It looked like a SmackDown versus Raw game. And I and I swear, and Matt, maybe you can back me up on this. I know there was a SmackDown versus Raw game, maybe a couple of them, where there was a hearse there and you could bust the windows out of it. But I swear there was one where a casket came out of it, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Um... yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember because yeah, you would Irish whip the character into it, and the hearth would uh, the coffin would fall out. Yeah. Okay. So this, and I was sitting there thinking, this is how you protect Undertaker, okay? Because they've had him in matches with big guys like Goldberg, where he's trying to choke slam him and trying to you know pick him up, do all this stuff. That's not how you protect Undertaker. 
okay? Because Undertaker's not who he used to be, okay? But getting in a match where he can throw punches and just be gritty and have a fight and look like a tough guy, that's how you protect Undertaker, all right? Okay. That's how you protect Undertaker. Um, and then he's, you know, he's going around, he's throwing punches, he's going, you know, they're doing stuff that looks like a real fight. They're getting on the ground. They're still hitting each other when they're on the ground. If you've ever been in a real fight, you know, when you're on the ground, you're still throwing punches at that person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, then there's a point when he gets AJ down and then you hear something, the screen cuts. And you see Anderson and Gallows, and I've just been waiting on them. And that shot reminded me of if anyone's ever seen uh, Devil's Rejects, there's a shot where uh, Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page show up. And I was, it reminded me of that. And I've been waiting on them to show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just been waiting on that. And, and it, I, I like how he, you know, Undertaker says, um, you know, well, guys, is if we're, you know, and then the, the Druids come out and he says, well, guys, if we're going to do this. Let's do this. You know, it was, and I realized then this is what they're doing. Okay. I said, okay, now I get what they're doing here. What they were doing was they were shooting this like it's an old West movie. Okay. Un, and, you know, so I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know exactly what they're doing. This is the old West movie. The Undertaker is the old lawman. Because AJ right. Styles has been calling him the old guy, old man all, all this time. Okay. Yeah. Undertaker is the old lawman. AJ Styles is the young outlaw. Gallows and Anderson are his henchmen. And these, you know, the druids, these druids are, just, are, are cannon you know, hired hands. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, Undertaker does what that woman say. Hey guys, we're gonna do this. Let's do it. You know. And aside from, you know, the one week elbow, it looked good. You know, they came at him one on one. He's knocking them down. You know, Gallows and Anderson. You know, they. You know, and they protected the club too, and they and they did it in a way that makes sense. And here's what I mean. Okay. Oh, Andrew, <laughs> I, okay. No, well, go, go ahead. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna make. I'm I'm explain this. Okay. Anderson grabs it. Gallows picks up the shovel. Okay. Right. He comes at him. He swings. Undertaker's a bigger guy than Anderson. So he pulls away. Gallows hits Anderson. Right. Okay. Now, the reason that makes sense is Gallows is bigger. You want the big heater to be the one that gives the big damaging blow. Undertaker's stronger than Anderson. So he moves out of the way. So he's able to move out of the way. Mm-hmm. So that's why Anderson gets hit. When Gallows hits his buddy, he feels bad, and he stops. That gives Undertaker time to hit him, grab the grab the shovel away, right. and then hit him. So the club's protected because he didn't just whip on them right away and beat them. Yeah, it took a miscue. It took a miscue for right, for that. and it made sense because. If Gallows was holding on to him, it might not have made sense. But you want the heater given that big death shot. But it doesn't make sense. But he can bust away from Anderson. So everything there was calculated. Mm. 
So he gets that, he gets to hit them. And right when he hits both of them with the shovel, you know, oh, we're going to play with shovels now. Oh, we're going to play with shovels now. He hits them with the shovels. Then AJ lays him out with that tombstone. Mm -hmm. And then AJ's beating on him, beating on him, beating on him, beating on him, you know. And then AJ, you know, he, he's getting him and he says, um, you know, and I start and and it's and it's really built. And he says, and so um and what I written down here is, you know, I'm not an Undertaker guy, okay? Many stretch of the imagination. Not an Undertaker guy. I've never been an Undertaker guy. Okay. But if this is his last match, this is a great way for him to go out and for his legacy as a tough guy. Okay. Because he's just <sighs> because he is just sitting here. Wait, bear with me. Because the whole time he's standing up for himself and he's saying, just bring it. Okay. So so and so AJ clocks him from behind and he says and AJ gets him over, throws him in the grave. Mm. He's going to dump the dirt on him. He's trying to figure out how to work the front loader. Which, And then the mystical And then Jinkies! Undertaker disappears. Transportation. But, but, but the thing is, we've known all along the Undertaker is mystical. We've known this all along. Okay, that, that, that part I... That part I didn't have a problem with. That that part's expected. But, so he comes along, and he comes back. He beats on him. He beats on him. He chases AJ. AJ comes, runs away, you know. And here, and, and they made sure a lot of things made sense. AJ runs away and runs away and runs away. AJ goes up the ladder, and here's saying AJ went to the other side of that ceiling that they were on. Of that mm. that roof they were on, so that when Undertaker's coming up, he can't just go over and push it over. Undertaker comes up, you know. He spends the Anderson Gallows when they try to come up. He gets he finally gets AJ alone. Choke slams him down through that next roof. Right. You know. He's finally alone with AJ. You know. And here's the thing, and I wrote this down. This match can only happen and make sense at this WrestleMania. You you can't have this at any other WrestleMania. Why not? Because any other WrestleMania, why are you having a match that's not in front of the fans? I think okay, well, well I, I, I disagree. And just I, I, I disagree, but continue. So I mean, because the other fans, are, why are they they paying to see Undertaker and he's not in front of them? Okay, I see what you're saying now because of the, okay. because of where the, because it's WrestleMania. Right. Okay, right. I got you. Got so you. okay, then he gets AJ and he pulls AJ over to the grave, mm -hmm. you know, and now AJ is begging, please don't bury me, please don't bury me, please don't bury me, you know, right? And that's what AJ should be doing. Why? Because he's the heel. He's the heel. He has he has talked smack about Undertaker. He's calling him an old man. He's talked smack about Undertaker's wife. wife. Right. Yeah. Saying you know, she's, so she's you the know, one killing him and right. making him look bad and everything. Right. He is, you know, this is this is the classic Western. He is he has you know, he has you know, this is the the hot shot new outlaw who is who has done everything he can 
to to kill the the old lawman and now he has the old lawman has dispensed of the henchman the the hired cannon fodder and now they're face to face you know and now he's you know he's begging for his life and you know old lawman please don't kill me you know and then you know and says, man, i ain't gonna bury you man look at what you did you've, you've put up with more than anybody else can you know you know, uh, you know, you you took more. Look at look at the you know look at what you did. I hate you know. that was to me. That was insanely stupid. Like you, know, you fought well, boy. And I'm now, like, what? That was a, no, I thought it was funny because you know what's coming. If you if you know wrestling, if you know movies, you know what's coming. No, no. See, I didn't. They, I didn't know it was coming because I didn't think they were going to hug. That was so stupid. And I'm then like, he turns, why are, like, why are they he, hugging? And then he turns around, puts the boot to him. And buries him. That's and then and what I and and what I wrote down there was, uh, you know, Undertaker is not Mister Miyagi because if you <laughs> because if you remember, Mister Miyagi got in the fight with with Sensei Crease, mm-hmm. and and he and he takes him down. And he's going to chop him in the face and kill him. And then he stops right before then, and then he tweaks his nose. Right. You know, instead of killing him, you know. Okay. But, you know, I said, you know, Undertaker is that, you know. But, you know, what I thought about this was, you know, watching this, I said, this is a this is an angle Dusty would have booked for himself. What? Uh, okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. I did not enjoy this. You know, for me, this this was my this was my final word on this. This was not a Flair Steamboat classic, but I understand what they were going for. And this gets the JT seal of approval. Okay. However, I also recognize this took many takes and many camera setups, etc. So I realized they didn't they didn't you know this wasn't something they just did boom 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 we we got it you know. This wasn't, you know, you know, you know, headlock, drop down, you know, get it again. But, you know, I realized what they were doing. I, I realized what they were trying to do. I thought it was executed very well. And, and I enjoyed it. Okay. I, I did not enjoy it. Um, and my, my lack of enjoyment was not because it was a production. Um, I, I did not. I was unopposed to a production standpoint um, because it's not like it's an original thing. Uh, you know, Matt Hardy and Impact was killed it with the final deletion and, um, you know, and uh, delete versus decay. And even though the WWE didn't believe in Matt, they still allowed him to have, um, you know, his similar to the final deletion style match with Bray Wyatt to, which to the Matt Hardy fans really enjoyed, um, and I enjoyed it, uh, except for the part where they added the lawnmower. But they kind of they had to make it a little different. Um, so for me, that that part is I, I had no problem. That part, my part, my problem was just in the details as far as the the way the story is. All, all of a sudden, um, there to me there wasn't enough buildup. If you know, you know, Taker 
you know, this starts with Taker choke slamming AJ in Saudi Arabia, and he's dressed as you know as Dead Man. He's got the you know he's got the trench coat, he's got the hat, and everything. And then all of a sudden, he's back to biker, and there's no telling of the story as far as this, like you said earlier, this merged biker with supernatural. So that that I that I did not like. Like you, you they they didn't set the table enough for there. And then all of a sudden, as we're watching this thing. Um, Look, I, if I think if he's going out, he has to give us a taste of both. If that's his last match, he's got to give us a taste of both. Which is fine, but but they, they, again, they did not set the table that way. They did not lead you to think that that was going to be the case in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, I thought the intro was great with AJ, you know, being in the coffin. I thought that was cool. But as they went on, and you know, they did the the you know when Anderson and Gallo show up, and then these Druids come out. All of a sudden, they're they're attacking. I thought when the Druids showed up, they were going to attack the club, and all of a sudden, you know, they're attacking Undertaker. I'm like, okay, wait, wait. All of a sudden, AJ and Anderson and Gallo can summon these Druids that have been, you know, Taker's lackeys for 20 years. What sense does that make? It makes no sense at all. Like there was just there was no there was no setup there, and that made any sense whatsoever so for me it's to me with the, the details as far as leading into this match to tell that that story that makes that just they didn't make sense to me um and also i if there were so many there was too many parts that felt that they told matt hardy no this is this won't work and they, then they just ripped from him. And it's like, uh, you know, Matt had some better ideas than what you're doing here. Like, it, it just, it, it did not, there were parts of this did not, I didn't feel good. And for me, you could have told, you know, he, he to me, they, if they kept, they signed him just to do this match, he could have told a better story because it would have made sense as far as, being in an odd place like it would have made more sense to have undertaker's persona have a problem with you know with with a broken or no with a woken matt hardy than just you know choke claiming aj styles out of nowhere you know it, it, it you know you could have had Matt could have had cryptic messages well, with Vanguard. I mean, one. It, it could have been I mean, it would have been a whole it, lot talking about matt hardy being there is pointless matt hardy chose not to be there so I mean that's that's a moot point. Oh, he, it's like he Matt wasn't chose there. not to be there. Matt yeah. chose not to be there. So I mean, talking about well, they could have signed him. No, that's pointless because he chose well, not to be they there. Could have, you know, what I'm they, saying is they chose not to be there. They, you know, this is something they could have done when they he had him. Chose there. not to be there. When they had him, they chose not to 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 use you know, utilize what he brought to the table. And to me, it was a it was a B version. You know of what we've seen before. You know, I'm not but saying who knows they would have thought to they they would have used something unless they had a situation like this. A situation, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been the situation for Taker's matches. They've been horrible for the past. I'm talking about a situation where they'd say, "Okay, we're going to do something like this unless we don't have a crowd, where we're going to use Taker unless we don't." Right. The thing is, you could have done this regardless where they're going to say we're not going to use taker in front of the crowd unless we don't have a crowd we can use no i'm saying they this is that, that they could have done that type of match just to protect and continue to utilize him 
Right, but I but because I'm saying right now, is, because right now this looks like it's going right, to be you're, the you're not you're not answering Can my you? question. You're, the thing is, if people if if I'm going to see Undertaker, I want to see Undertaker, not see a videotape of Undertaker. And I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. Why am I going to go pay to see Undertaker if he's not there? Right, which I which I understand. So what I'm that's saying, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what, why what, what, would they even consider this until a situation like this comes up? I would. I mean, I think, there, I think, that, there, I think the situation. I think the situation made them when they used when they did the boiler room matches, and you know they didn't even come out until the end, and the live crowd couldn't see it until the end. Right. And, so I mean. And, I, and they, I, they, they, you're, I mean, you're so, right about that. That people were upset about it. However, you know that was a long time ago. Like he's he's a lot older. Like people, everyone knows he's broken down. So I think that people would right, be a lot seeing more. Undertaker is so seeing Undertaker is an even more special occasion now. So why would you go? Oh, I'm going to get to see Undertaker, and then you're not not going to get to see him. Yeah. See, I I I I think that right now understand. I think I think the virus situation forced them to go around that they probably been thinking they may need to try to do, um, and that and just in hope and we're hoping for hey if people really like this we can continue. Right, I just think that's what I'm right. saying. The virus forced them to go around. So sitting there going, well, they could have hired Matt Hardy, is illogical no. because the virus forced them to go this route. The virus forced them to go the route. I I was personally and, and Matt Hardy had already chosen not to stay. Oh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I think we should have been looking to do with him you know, years, you know, for the past years because his matches live have not been, they've been painful. So this is something that I think they're like, okay, we've got to do, you know, if we're going to do this, we have to do it this way. And it, you know, that's next year, it's probably going to be the same, the same thing. And you're and being that they set a condition well hindsight's 2020 but again you yourself said they wouldn't have thought to go this way until the virus forced them to go this way at that point no i'm saying that i not that they didn't think that i'm saying that they more than likely have been thinking they need to go this route and the, with the, the no, they, virus. no they they never thought they should go this way with undertaker until the virus forced them to go this way people have been what people have been people saying been, they should what people have been saying no, they people, should, people have been unhappy and saying that they're unhappy people, with his matches but what people have been saying they should pre-tape undertaker's matches no, in I a way like this no i didn't i didn't say that they, they people would say that i'm saying people have been unhappy with his match right so if, but if you're going to do a match but your whole argument that started this was they should have done this with matt hardy and they could have signed matt hardy to do this or they could have done this no with i'm not saying they should have i'm saying they could have that not that they should have i'm saying they could have told a better story that made it more sense than with someone than, than with throwing this throwing aj had they tried to well i mean know, the thing is like matt, matt hardy chose not to be available for this so what they did was they got the best worker they had available and whether or not he's a better you know, video storyteller, Matt Hardy, I mean, AJ is a better worker than Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. What, what, what I'm saying was, it was Hardy is, is not that I think Matt Hardy should have been the one to do it or whatever. What I'm saying is him and his example, 
it makes more your it make it was already it makes more sense. He would have made it more sense story wise doing it. Um, it well, I'm, and I said they didn't set the table well for telling this story. They they kind of jumbled it together. They had they had time where they could say, okay, you know, you know, we well they shoot they shoot a couple of vignettes that tell, you know, the that tell they show AJ, you know, maybe consulting with a, a medium or something or showing something where it makes it believable that all of a sudden he's got these Jewers that are able to come out and and do his bidding. Like that out of nowhere was like it, it made it made no sense. You know, you, you could have shown a little bit more in a, in a two three minute vignette where takers, you know, transforming from just from well, from. I mean, maybe. I mean, here's the thing: Has anybody watched the last run? Maybe AJ's who Taker wanted to work his last match with. That's that's possible. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that AJ. M should maybe at, I mean, at all. what i'm saying is they didn't a lot of people say make, aj lot, is as good as sean michaels is maybe he said hey if aj's that good he's who i want to work with because he can protect me that's cool what i'm just saying is that it didn't what they did a lot of it didn't make any sense because they didn't set the table up for it well that's what i'm saying let's move let's move on tonight too because there's still plenty to go over with this is true yeah so on night two we get another helping of you know uh how great are we for doing this program for you from stephanie hey, uh i got a user some way and then we get the same viking parrots video that's still silly um but my daughter liked it um and you know so it's like this like very viking heavy setup but then they mentioned jack sparrow so what's up with that well, mem um, member was supposed to take place at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home stadium. That's why they had the whole pirate flag um, logo thing for WrestleMania. But, but why is it Bay. Vikings? And then they mentioned Jack Sparrow because Jack Sparrow wasn't that type of pirate. I, I hey, I don't know. I don't know. Vince, do you think Vince actually watched Pirates of the Caribbean? Like, no, he didn't because he he didn't uh, get uh, Paul. What's his name when he was doing that gimmick? um what's his name yeah so but, i i just if vince you know didn't know and yeah vikings pirates not synonymous yeah. uh, it, it did not make sense yeah so uh and watching this video too it reminds me that neither charlotte nor lacy should be baby faces in their current personas yeah lacy does not make a, a good baby face it's, uh, I, I mean here's the thing lacy if she wants to be the I'm a US Marine and I defended our country and I'm a proud mama and that's why I'm a baby face, that's a baby face. Right. But I'm the sassy southern belle. That's not a baby face. No. That's a heel a hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent. And Charlotte a few years ago came worked well as a baby face. But ever since then, and I can't keep track of whether or not she's baby face or heel anymore. <laughs> um, but she's always had this like nose, like she's smelling something bad, whether she's a baby face or heel, and always comes across like I'm better than you. Yes, no, um, yeah, I, doesn't work well as a heel. So um, I thought it was bold starting out with uh, Charlotte uh, for night two. I thought that was bold 
uh, choice to start out with. I thought that was gorgeous robe she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are some two big, hard hitting girls, and I don't mean big in a bad way. They're just both like five foot ten. Yeah. Um, and they they're both uh, can definitely work when they want to. They both can work when. And again, that's uh, not saying they always do, but they can. Um, uh, seeing and one thing I noticed was seeing them both walk out from the sides. Uh, it just feels like an episode of NXT. I just made me wonder could they not have done something with the screen and created an entrance just specially for WrestleMania? Well, being that it's full sale, mm-hmm. you know, I, I doubt you know, even Vince has that much pull where you can create another entrance like i well they have control of that building so i would think they could have i mean they i don't know how much control they really have i mean it's still full sales property well i mean because they put the screen up in the first place so yeah i mean i i I don't know what the logistics are but my guess would be that you know they either didn't don't have permission to make that big of a change or they did not have time to do so but it just felt weird. Um, another thing that was I weird w- was seeing Ray, uh, Rio wearing white and colors. That was unexpected. I, I dug it. I, I thought the Vegeta cosplay you know, looked awesome, but we have not seen her do that ever. So, you know, it, you know, and her wearing white, um, you know, we've seen her look like, you know, very, you know, like goth punk. And all of a yeah. sudden she's cosplaying. That was that was different. Well, we saw her wearing colors at the first May on Classic. Um, yeah, but that was then, years ago. Yeah, and so that was the first time since then. So then, and, we, and that was a different Rhea Ripley. I mean, that was the right. long blonde. Like that, that's like almost a different, completely different. Color. Right, exactly, and that that's what I was alluding to. And then we get the big fight intros on night two. I thought by then somebody might have had a, you know, production man going, "Hey, let's can't let's that. cut this trash right. out." Yeah, no right. one was listening to that. So then. Um, I'm wondering who Charlotte talking to. <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't know. But all I know is there was a lot of screaming and a lot of moaning going on. And right. a lot of people thought porn was playing. Right. And there, there was a lot of moaning in that match. Just a lot of moaning <laughs> in that match. Yeah. Oh, um, right. And, and just for the record, uh, to the announcers, that is not a signature flare chop, especially to be that quiet on a chop with nobody there yeah with no crowd noise um a signature flare chop rips flesh and uh and is resounds and there was no there's barely any noise and that was uh yeah um having said that these are two she bulls um and that was uh you know um you know and i started thinking if if ria got a trainer and dietitian i could definitely see her in green paint as she hulk hmm Okay, she's got she's got a very imposing figure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yet, I mean, and then and that's anyone hearing that that's not an insult. Like she's a gorgeous no, no, woman. no, exactly. You know, but, she, but, yeah. but she's but she's you know, her physique. She can be very imposing. So right, yeah, right. Like I'm I, just I, saying, if she ripped up more and yeah. got the green paint, like no, I mean she's definitely gorgeous. But yeah, um, but the flip she did off the steps um, didn't look like it had any impact at all. Like she did a flip onto Charlotte and it just, yeah, it didn't look like it had anything behind it. Um, at times it looked like it looked more intense when they locked up than when they did 
you know, maneuvers on each other. Um, and that, that really took me out of it at times. Um, and there was, there was a point where she did a body scissors on Charlotte and someone really just needs to teach her how to cinch that up. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, a body scissors is one of those moves. It's a lost art. Um, and it used to be a big move, not only in women's wrestling, but men's wrestling, Kevin Von Erich, mm -hmm. uh, used to do that move to perfection where, where he would pick guys up and slam them down and they'd take a butt bump on it. Yep. Um, and then he'd roll them over and pin, you know, and get a pinning position on them. Um, get a near fall with it. Um, and women's wrestling used to do it. And she did the same thing, um, with a near fall, not with the butt bump, but like she had Charlotte and Charlotte selling, but she is obviously loose on Charlotte and it's, yep. it looks bad if you're selling and the moves nearly and new moves, uh, loose. Um, there's, there was a great spot where she, Charlotte's on the outside, on the apron on the outside and she, uh, goes for a big boot and Charlotte moves out of the way and then she grabs the foot and does and snaps the knee snaps down. The knee top. Down. Yeah. That was a great spot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she just starts old school working over the knee. She's just, she's twerking the knee on the outside. She's working the knee. She's dropping the knee on the knee. Um, just really working on it. And what I really liked on it about that was Rhea was fighting back from the bottom. Mm-hmm she'd reach up and pull her hair. She'd reach up and smack her in the face. She'd try to punch her in the face. That I really liked. That was, I thought that was good because Charlotte's doing stuff that I'd see her father. I'd see Dusty Rhodes do. I'd see uh, Tully Blanchard do. Um, that you don't really see much anymore um, because a lot of times you just see somebody go for a submission, but you don't see somebody really work over work a body, over body part. part. Yeah. Um, and if someone is doing that, you don't see somebody fighting back. And there was one point where she did a chop block on Rhea. She ran across the ring and threw a chop block. And it looked legit. It because did. Leah's knee, because it didn't hit Leah clean in the back of the knee. It kind of hit her on the side. Mm -hmm. And Rhea's knee buckled. And it looked legit. And they showed a replay of it. And it still looked legit. Um, at the same time, I, there's a couple times when Rhea was supposed to be selling. And I'm not sure she knows how to sell her knee. Um, because there's a, a right way to sell your knee, and I'm not sure she knows that way. Like, I'm not sure if anyone's covered that with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, then I, I did some things. Uh, I commented that we we're talking about on the running, and I said it makes me wonder if miking the ring is still necessary when there's no crowd there. Because I, I don't know. If, I, I, don't I don't think it is. I don't know if people know this, but like when you put a ring together, you put a microphone under the ring uh, so that you hear the, the slams and you hear the grunts. And a lot of times there's mics over the ring too. Um, but when there's no, so that you can still hear what's going on in and around the ring over the crowd. But, and obviously they'd still done that, but is that really necessary? Because, oh my gosh, they were grunting so much. It was insane how much. And just you, just because you hear a slap and then you hear a moan and it's like what? And yeah, it was really distracting and it was really like, especially in this match more than any other. Oh yeah, and because Charlotte is so loud and yeah, it, it is just you know you you're enjoying the match and just go yeah. I'm like wow, that was yeah. loud. Yeah, makes you appreciate Andrade. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> Woo! Um, um, but that's a great point. I didn't even think about the fact that um, you know that the ring can like up. Yeah, definitely something that they did not need to do because you just heard way too much talking and way too much grunting and and, cr- yeah. and crying and moaning throughout this entire show. So here, here's another thing I want to say: their leg lock transitions looked rough, and that they should. Okay, um, it, it made it look like a real struggle, and that they were fighting on the ground because when people do leg lock transitions and it looks really, really smooth. smooth yeah. It makes it look like everything's planned and it's practice. But if you grab someone and you're struggling to get into a transition and to get into a hole, that makes this look real and like it's a real competition that the other person's trying to stop you. And it makes it look like wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Wrestling My is, point is, is grappling against each other when it's too, like you said, when it's too smooth, right. it doesn't look wrestling. It looks choreographed. Then. Yeah, this, you know, here's the thing I think a lot of people still forget and that's this should still look real i mean yes people know that this is all work but it should still look real mm-hmm. i mean you know I, I i mean i know movies are fake but i want them to look real you know we went to see avengers together but you know they didn't stop the movie and swap out robert downey jr and his stunt man while we were watching the movie right you know i mean they did everything they could to make us believe that they were really out in space while Carol Danvers went and rescued them. Right. You know, so it was, you know, it, you know, I want to get lost in what I'm watching, you know, it's, you know, so those little, you know, rough spots should make me feel real about it too. And I thought that was really good. Um, and then, and here's something where I think the announcers messed up. Okay. And I'm sure it's the person feeding them, but when Rhea was making her comeback, she stopped selling and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. But here's where the announcers make up when she's making her comeback, it's incumbent on the announcers to say, you know, she's filled with adrenaline. She's not, the adrenaline's pumping through her body. She's not even feeling that leg right now. Okay. That. When I was growing up, Tony Schiavone, Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. Gordon Soley, Jim Ross would have never let that go. Okay. When a baby face is fired up and making their comeback, baby face would usually stop selling that body part. Okay. Or stop selling it to a point right. to where that, why? Because they drill and sell it and run through their body and they're not feeling it. Okay but the announcers didn't even acknowledge okay to everybody at home why she why didn't her leg hurt anymore you know that's a lost art you know um another thing i wrote down was that charlotte spear didn't look smooth but that made it look more real yeah i think uh i think she's it's looked different lately i think she's adjusting it because I think she's taking some flack on it, looking edge-like. I think she's trying to shore it up. Um, since the last time I've seen her hit it a couple of times, it looks like she's trying to hit it differently. Well, she hit it, and it looked really like a tackle more than a spear, um, because sometimes she'd hit it, and it would look m- like an edge spear, exactly. and this looked more like she was tackling her. Yes, this um, looked, this, this looked um, more like I was like, ooh, okay. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. And because I hate, you know how much I hate the spirit of Right. So, um, and then my last note was that Rhea fought to the very end. When she was in the figure four, she's hitting her in the leg and she's, and then she got in the figure eight and she's trying to figure a way out of it. And finally she taps. Um, but I like that she was right to the end. They're fighting on the ground and she's trying to figure a way out of it. Um, my note on this was this is classic flair storytelling, but this was not a classic flair match. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't get the classic flair match feel. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot that, that uh, Charlotte has to go because, um, like, Flair always says, oh, my daughter's so much better athlete than I ever was. And she is. Mm-hmm. But she is n- a long way from being a better wrestler than he than he is. Right. Hmm. Um, don't really have much more to say about that match. Um, uh, well, did you agree with Charlotte going over? Um, I mean, I think putting Rhea over would have done a lot for her. But I think at the same time, they want Charlotte on NXT to boost that brand. So for that purpose, then yes. Well, the thing is, I mean, they say that she's going to defend it on all three shows. So like, how much is she really going to be on NXT? Well, I imagine they'll probably have her on NXT a good bit. So they probably want her on there to compete with with AEW as a recognizable name. So... If they're going to have her on NXT, then it's a good choice. If not, then it was the wrong choice. I, just, I mean, if they're going to, if NXT is just going to be another show, they really need to see to, they need to rebrand it. It needs to be something else. Like this, just the name NXT just screams developmental. Yeah. And it's not going to be developmental anymore. It really needs to be called something else. Well, I mean, here's the thing NXT had one match on all of. Rest me. Yeah. yeah. So, what does that say? I don't. I don't know because, I mean, I'd rather have watched Adam Cole and Keith Lee or something like that over Elias and Corbin or yeah, uh, or Gargano uh, and and I would have watched Gargano and and uh, Ciampa for the fiftieth time over Corbin and Elias. or 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 Gargano. Champa and Cole. And Cole, yeah. In a three-way, that would have been. That'd, yeah, yeah. that would be something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it it's hard to say, but I mean, you know. So, um, here's another match no one cared about. Um, we have uh, uh, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Um. Yeah, but that's just feeding Black, you know, Lashley to to Black. So. Here's here's my first name. Lana is a brunette. Um, that I, I'm I'm like <laughs> your okay. face right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you won't I mean, feel it. That's okay because you know what I I'm not I'm not, I mean I, I mean I'm don't not. get don't get me wrong I don't think that woman could look bad but you know I mean and and here here was my my first issue. Okay, you got. Alistair Black, who's a legit kickboxer. You've got Bobby Lashley, who had a legit MMA career. Yes. Where's some sparring or, or working that in or, or playing in. that, playing with that? Okay. They do nothing to make Bobby Lashley look even decent, let alone right. Better. And um, 
Because you know if they and, mention it, and, then people and, are going to say, "Then why isn't he fighting right, Brock?" Right. And and why isn't he fighting Brock? That's the question we've been asking for years ever right. since Bobby got back. Right. And we all know Bobby Lashley's unofficial nickname, although I'm not going to say it. Black Lesnar. Exactly. And so, and and here's my other question: How are uh, black shin guards legal? Have you did you see them close up? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> So I'm like, how's that happen? And and here's my thing. How is Lashley? Why isn't Lashley a baby face? I mean, if you look at the dude. Well, he stole someone's wife in the story. Right. So it, right. He, but I mean, if you look at the guy, okay, he's he's ex-military. Yes. He's got this big smile. Yes. And he's covering muscles. And he, I mean, he just should be a baby face. Can't talk, though. Right, but he should be a baby face. No, I agree. He was best in TNA as a baby face. Like his right. best run there was a baby he, face. He he just needs to come out and smile, and you know, and he needs to fight Lesnar. And he, he need he needs someone to he needs someone to talk for him. Um, and not that I didn't like right. the the run with Leo talking for him. That was a heel run. He needs someone that can talk as a baby face for him. But if he had somebody that was a baby face that could talk for him or Atlanta right. had come to him because she was escaping Rusev because Rusev had been beating so, her or cheating on her or something right, like that. Yeah. yeah. Then that could have been uh the spirit of the black mask, you could have seen that a mile away. That was so obvious. That was Yeah. Um and my comment was just this match was eh. I mean it was there. But uh, it didn't really hold my interest. And no one uh, and there was and no one had any it was thrown together like there was no lead up for this match. It was just like, and, oh, you know what? Let's and, let's let's feed Lashley to Alistair Black on WrestleMania. And and the fact that this terrible Lana angle that started months and months ago didn't help. Still isn't dead. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, then we go to this this you know angle with Otis. Oh, and, 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 and Mandy, Mandy and Zolf. And I'm going, my, my, my first comment is in 2020, we're doing a fat phobic angle. Really? <laughs> of course, that's good stuff. You know, we Everyone have. Everyone wants what, to see the what, fat guy get the beautiful blonde bombshell. What's, what's the, the WF's anti bullying campaign that they have? You know, and we're doing a, an, an angle where, you know, we have. You know, uh, you can't date him because he's fat, you know. So, and then here's my thing. You have a guy who is like, Otis was like an Olympic level wrestler. Yeah. And then you have Dolph who was like unpinned at Kent State University. And has like all these records for like pins and stuff like that. Why didn't these guys get in and wrestle? Like. Like actually because wrestle they, because no one produces wrestling anymore. They don't. They they as you know they'll talk about how classic Benoit and Angle was, or or Michaels and Angle, and how they 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 took to the mat unlike so many other matches, and how great it was. But then they when they have guys who can go on the mat and do things, they don't do it. They just either the producers can't produce the, those type of matches. They don't know what to tell them to do. They don't know how to make finishes out of it, or they just don't want to produce wrestling. So then, you know, we see in the video that Sonya was Dolph's accomplished, but did we ever find out what Sonya's motivation was? No. 
So, and, and I think they're just trying to leave it as an unsaid lesbian angle. But she's helping Dolph get with Mandy. So what is that? Yeah, because she can't have Mandy. So if she can't have Mandy, then then Otis can't have her. So, and then and I'm writing down, and, and I wrote this down, and then they basically said on TV, Dolph goes from a two-time world champion to losing to a tag team wrestler to the Caterpillar at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I wanted to see, I wanted to see Otis get the win for the story, but when celebrating with Mandy, she low blow him. And, 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 and right. I, I had that as no, I kept waiting on the Trish turn. Yes. I, that's what I wanted to see. When she came out, I was waiting on her to run in and like act like she was helping Otis and then give him the little value and then Dolph when I was waiting on that but then she actually helped him win yeah. and I was like boo <laughs> what what I was like yeah this is boring like but and be a the, star that's the name of the campaign be a star but I was tri- like the Trish turn did wonders for her career right it was a and big hot tr- and evil Trish was much hotter than than good Trish uh, it was a much better character definitely um, mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, and I said, this. You know, I think it'll be good for Manny's career to get some heat on her and, and just, you know, give Otis a W. But you know, she turned on him and, you know, end up staying with Dolphin. I think it would have been a more interesting story. Okay, so I've got a lot of notes on the, the next match. Okay, so they did a great re- recap package on Edge and Orton, both their history and what's led up to. This. The match. Yeah. Right. Especially um, showing the <laughs> the RKO on Beth Phoenix. <laughs> so, but then we have the cliche opening. You know, right. Edge is waiting on Orton and Orton comes out you know, RK out of nowhere. And I'm like, that's like so cliche. We've seen that a million times. Right. However, Orton. however, I did like they knew they were gonna do it, but mm-hmm. having him and, and they did it obviously the only way they could. Um, so it's like, oh, look, the thing is, like, you didn't hide it very well. Mm. Because even though you they were angling the camera away, I noticed the fact that all of a sudden there was a cameraman who was, like, eight feet taller than all the other cameramen. Mm. Like, and, and what was funny was my my daughter uh, referred to Randy Orton as a demon. Um, far off. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, you know, so they they started fighting around, and I didn't make a lot of notes until they went to, um, they went to the back. They start going to the back, and and they go to the back behind the camera, or the front facing camera, mm-hmm. their hard camera, the and hard camera. and and I said, this is how you take advantage of your environment and the weapons that would reasonably be there mm-hmm. and not until a third of the way till night two to explore the back okay so this is what i mean by this okay so a lot of times when you have gimmick matches they start pulling stuff out from under the ring right and there's away. all this crap under there that shouldn't be, be there. there right Okay, there's like bales of barbed wire, and there's right. eight million baseball tables bat. and baseball Chairs. bats, and right. you know, there's all this stuff that you know 
doesn't belong there. Okay. And it's so trash obvious can. they're saying to the, well, I mean, a trash can, you could understand being there, but 8 million. Oh, but, but there's 500 there. right, right. sticks inside the trash. Right. Exactly. So like that doesn't belong there, but they go to the back, but, and everybody, you know, during the night is fighting around the ring and they're going into the back and everything. So it's a third of the way through night two before anyone says we're going to go. And it kind of, it looked organic because yes, these is. guys hate each other and they start fighting and they don't go to the back. Like, Oh, let's walk to the back here. They go boom through the back and it kind of looked organic because there's some guys back there working and they're like, wait, what are you guys doing, doing back, back here? here. Yeah. Right. This, you're not supposed to be back here. And so they're like, okay, wait a minute. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, and, and they go, um, and, and it's, um, it, it's to the back. And I like the way that they're, when they'd find something and be like, let's see what, how this would work. And it didn't always look perfect. Right. You know, like Orton tried to hang him up in something. It didn't quite look perfect. And it, you know, it, it, Edge would try something and it didn't all lately look perfect. That made it look natural. natural. It didn't look perfect. Um, and, um, it, you know, the gym it was another, you know, SmackDown versus Raw segment. Cause I, I know there was one of those SmackDown versus Raw games that had a gym in there. Yep. Um, one, the one thing I had a problem with was that the referee, when they were in the gym, walked out the door, mm -hmm. and that signaled that they were about to walk out the door. Yeah. If I was the promoter and the ref walked out the door, I'd have after the match there, I'd have yanked him in and just chewed his head off. Right. You know. I'm sure uh, Vince did it after that. Um, and then uh, and uh, let's see what I have there. And then, uh, uh, the, or, or at one point says, you know, let's see what's in here, you know, uh, and, okay, good point, you know, uh, and then there was a cool spot where they're in a hallway and they like rick one ricocheted off the wall and then took out the cameraman and that yes. really looked unplanned. Um, you know, uh, and I said, this whole match is a SmackDown versus raw match just without the deadly spots. Right, because they were, you know, because they're, they're fighting in a gym, they're fighting the backstage, and there's all these stuff, and they're climbing up on top, top of, the, of the bus, right? And it's but without like all the deadly sense. Um, however, they're still taking advantage of the environments, and it made sense in this match. Like, if you notice, at one point, there's like extra ring steps stacked up, and he mm -hmm. slammed him into them, but it made sense. Hey, it's a storage area, of course, they'd have extra ring steps stacked up there. Um, at one point, you know, Edge is on the ground, Orton's on the ground, Edge sees some sandbags that are there and he just chucks them at chucks him, them you out. know, right. Um, you know, there was, there was, and you know how I feel about both wrestlers, right? There was one thing I didn't, only one thing I did not like about this match. What's that? Too long. Okay, I'm, I'm getting that. So there was a, another thing. Um, so the, there's a spot where, Ed Orton or Edge jumps off the through the table on Orton. Um and you know, 
elbow right into the ribs. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, how's that not the finish? And how is Orton the first one up? Mm-hmm. You know, that really bothered me. And then they start with, they start, to, and then they start telling the same story with Edge's neck that they start telling with, with HBK's back, back in the back in the street fight at SummerSlam 2002. Yep. Oh, Orton's going to take him out and he'll never wrestle again, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, you know, if edge is back for real, then how, you know, are they going to do this in every match or is it just for this match? You know, yeah, and, and you the know, fact yeah. that we know he signed a three year deal kind of is like, yeah, that doesn't, right. we're not believing that. Yeah. And then I put it was nice of the cameraman to already be on top of the tractor trailer just in case they went up there. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, yeah, I'm just gonna camp here and try to get some good aerial shots and they just happen to come up here. Right. Um, and I would also point out that when the ref is counting and you go elsewhere to set up another spot, it already shows us you know that your opponent's going to uh, yeah. get up. Get up. Uh, and I point out that the spear or the RKO would have been just fine as the finish on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, on up there um, on the bus yeah right um and then uh it really irked me when i hear the same submission or the submission uh hey guys it's called a triangle choke or more appropriately a standing triangle um just watch some mma beg you please <laughs> okay or just learn the names and the holds okay you know i mean and, you know, and just my note here, I had two problems. Justice was served by Edge going over, but the wrong guy won. Uh, I'm a big Edge guy. You know that, and you probably yeah. were surprised to hear me say that the wrong guy went over. I, I, I am, because to me, the right guy won. Because here's me, what, okay, here's, go ahead, go here's ahead. why the wrong guy went over. Randy Orton's been doing this consistently for like 18 years mm-hmm. edge has been gone for nine years right so if the guy who's been doing the guy who's been consistently doing it for 18 years doesn't have ring rust doesn't have injuries right he should be the one in the end who's who gets the win if edge loses but barely it's a moral victory but it shows he can still hang okay it shows he can still hang he's still a contender he's still up there but he should not beat a guy who's in there winning winning world championships and still competing on a day-to-day basis well you mentioned the street fight no too i mean that's the same scenario You know, with Michaels and, and Triple H became Triple H. I mean, that's, you know, you got a guy who's been out for years, comes in and gets the guy who's doing it and been doing it every day. Okay, you know, I, I, I'll put a different qualifier on that. Okay. That was going to be a, that was going to be a one-time thing. Right. And that was going to be a feel-good moment. So Michaels almost had to win there. Okay. See, Edge think, has a three-year contract, so if you need to show that Edge can still hang, if see, this was going to be the only over, right? I think they put him over to validate that he's actually back and he can, it, and that he can do more than hang. I think that's why they put him over. I think, I think, I think if he if this was his only match, he has to go over. But, um, 
if since he's he's going to be here if he if he just barely loses but he's still here i think you know me i i thought you know the guy who's been doing it for nine years you know plus sean only been out three and a half years versus you know and, and like four years versus nine years yeah right three and a half versus nine and 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 trust me neck's really different than back i've had both yeah. so and 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 back was cakewalk versus neck oh yeah especially i mean neck, he had you know, edge had that you know that fusion yeah that's what i had and yeah and and trust me i'll take back every day of the week versus neck Oh. Hey, I understand what you're saying, and generally, I would be like, and then, yeah, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I understood, I predicted that that Edge would go over, and I understood that, you know, fans may know about this deal, but they don't know how much he's going to work or, you know, <clears throat> you know, how, you know how, much, how back Edge is, so it's like, he, he's, he's going to be going over. Like I, the, 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 yeah, the last two notes I have were, um, I think Edge's spear's gotten better because it looks more like a tackle. Um, Got and, nine years to work on it, so hopefully. Yeah, and and I my last note was just too freaking long. Way too long. Well, you know what? Honestly, his spear did look better during this match. It still looked like the same crappy spear during the Rumble, but he did look better when he hit it in this match. Yeah. You know, it was funny because my daughter started watching this and she was just like, I'm going to fall asleep during this match. She, yeah, because at first I'm like, you know, 15 minutes into it, I'm like, okay, now let's get to the finish. And I'm like, why are we still going? Like, now now I'm bored. And mm. it, it definitely went too long. Yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, they had plenty of time for this. I mean, they had, what, four or five hours? Right. right. Yeah. Next thing we have was Gronk wins the 24-7 title. Can you say pandering? Can you say I... Did I was so just did not care. I was like, why are you wasting my time? Yeah. This? Yeah. And then we had uh, uh, the Street Profits versus Theory and Garza. And this was the popcorn match, not because of the level of talent, but just because there's nothing invested in these guys. Yeah. Well, anyway, injuries vest with that, that story that wasn't being told very well anyway. I mean, here's the thing I, I watched the match, I didn't go get popcorn. But I mean, it was. I mean, Austin Theory's great. I hated to see him take the fall, but you have a team that's been together for a week. Um, and Angel Garza is obviously great. He's got a great heritage. Um, and I mean, his family is great. Um, oh, yeah. His uncle was one of the best. Um, but you know what it felt like to me? Um, Nitro level. Nitro level WCW where it's like, oh, you're you're a lucha wrestler. You guys can be together. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely felt like that. You're you're a lucha wrestler, not named Conan. You can wrestle for the cruiserweight title. Yep. That's what it felt like to me. And and you're it automatically was, you know, tag team because right. you know, we'll just throw you together. It doesn't right. Matter. And it was Psychosis and Silver King together. That makes sense. Right. And it was, oh, you guys wrestled were against each other last week. Doesn't matter. You can team up. You know, and it and it just and it was a good match and and the street profits. I mean, here's the thing: their their work's decent enough. I mean, they've got a decent enough finisher, the spine buster into the the springboard splash, and and Montez Ford he gets got great agility and great height on that splash. But 
there's just not enough about them that interests me. Um, I mean, if I was a promoter, they're not the team I'd be like, I have to have. Um, I mean, I've watched them since NXT, but there's, there's just not enough there. I, I like the Three Profits. I think Montez is a future star. Um, but um, and Dawkins, like he seems like he's an okay guy, but he's just he doesn't have the it. He doesn't have an it factor. You know, he's 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 lacking in that area. Um, I think their you know their their talk game gets them over the most of, of anything. Um, but honestly, I think Montez is, is to me they're back. To me, they're like the Big Lots version if Crime Time and the New Day had kids. You know, yeah, yeah, in that way, they're, they were without the, the they were criminals part. Well, that's why I like added New Day. New Day, yeah, yeah. But they're I mean, not, but they're not as goofy fun as New Day. They're they're more, you know, less they're you know less chill. They're, they're, they're the chill homies that aren't right. criminals. Um, I mean, there was also there was one great spot in this match where um, Garza hit a super kick on Dawkins on the outside of the ring. Dawkins rolled out. And Garza hit a super kick on him, um, and the camera hit it. Had a great shot yeah, on it, shot it um, and it looked great. Um, and I just thought that was um, really good. Um, those and, and great height and agility by Ford on the splash oh, um, yeah. for the fin, for the, the finish. For the finish, but the match was just kind of okay. It was, it was ho hum, like, huh. um, but you know, I expected that for a match that was kind of thrown together. Yeah. Um, and also, one thing about the Street Profits is they are a team that needs the crowd to be there because so much of yeah. what works for them is crowd-related. You know, Montez shaking the you know the ropes that you got. There's no point to do that when there's no crowd. Um, you know, they're very a very crowd-related team. You know, they're out there with the cups, with the crowd, like everything they do is crowd-related. So if they have no crowd, they're not having they're not being as entertaining as they they could be. Hey, we only got three matches left. Yeah. So before we go to the next match, we do um, the end, the ending, uh, the post match there, um, where pretty much Bianca Belair gets called up. Yeah, I was going to ignore that. <laughs> okay, yeah, you you can. You know, if yeah. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on on her, you know, interrupting that. Uh, she doesn't do, she doesn't do anything for me so i i mean she never has i i don't like her gimmick so i mean she's 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 strong she's athletic i don't think she's a good wrestler i don't like her i beat people with my hair thing i mean <laughs> well she doesn't do that that much anymore but. yeah i mean she's i mean big deal she can she can turn with her feet i mean that's anyone who's done pilates or first year dance can do that so i mean she's just doesn't impress me okay mm. and you didn't have anything to say about Zelina vega's uh shoulder attire or skull <laughs> is that what, I don't know yeah what i was, was actually i was actually yeah i mean it this takes a lot for me to say but Zelina vega actually disappointed me yeah i mean she it, 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 the match was it was thrown together it was it was a bit of a hodgepodge yeah. and whatever those shoulder pads skull shoulder pads that was yeah. a hot mess i had actually forgotten about the post match antics thing <laughs> you know 
So anyway, on to the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. I, I have quite a few notes on that. So yeah, there's okay. so, so we have uh, Tamina, Naomi, Lacey, uh, and then the role models of Sasha and Bailey for the Women's Championship. Um, so there's good storytelling with everybody attacking Tamina right at the beginning. They uh, did a good job selling her, you know, as uh, the bulldozer. Biggest threat, uh, literally. Yeah. Um, and I'm even going to say something nice about Naomi. Oh, wow. Well, her, her, her entrance wasn't as hard to watch now that it has to be toned down. <laughs> um, and they so finished. The, 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 glow, the glow affects JT's eyes, folks. That's, that's what that is. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've always said I don't know which hard, what's harder to watch, her entrance or her wrestling, and now I know it's her wrestling. Um, so uh, now that her entrance has been toned down, I know it's for, it is, in fact, her wrestling. Um, so, um, and they finished up the everyone on Tamina story well with everybody hitting the, um, you know, second rope moves on her. Uh, and then everybody piling on her for the pin. Um, you had, uh, you know, the elbow drop and Lacey hitting the, 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 the moonsault. And, yeah. and then you had Sasha with a, a second frog splash, which looked really weak. Um, and yeah. then, and then um, Lacey did the, or not Lacey, Naomi did Naomi. the, did the split, split leg, leg moonsault. And then everybody piled on for the pin, um, and then which made sense. That was right. that was pro that was a really good start to the match. Right, and so that so then you get four away. Um, Naomi's next eliminated, and that goes along with you know pretty much the way I had my eliminations plotted out. Mm -hmm. um, I will say this: the bank statement on Naomi, the the backstabber into the bank statement. Um, is an example of transition not looking smooth, not being good. Um, you know, saying, hey, sometimes when you're struggling for someone uh, being good because it looks like you're struggling, that's her. When she did it, it was actually a bad example uh, because she hits the backstabber and then she kind of rolled around. Yeah, it was and, not. And, and then she kind of locked on, and then she's kind of pulling back. Here's the thing, and by what I mean, knowing she's rolling around, when she's rolling around, Naomi kind of looked dumb because why didn't she roll out then? She was, yeah, it's like she was rolling with her. And cause, yeah, it right. Wasn't, it wasn't. When, when, when Naomi, or when Sasha's rolling around trying to get in that position, why didn't Naomi roll the other way and get away from her? And then because Sasha didn't get her momentum the right way, she's just kind of laying right with her head yep. and pulling back. The, the way that the bank statement works is because you hit that and then you flip over yep. and you're pulling back and you've got the momentum and then you're pulling back on them. Well, she's not far enough back and it didn't make any sense. And this is a case where it not being smooth doesn't work. Right. Um, and the entire transition from you you hitting that backstabber to trying to roll into the bank statement, if it's not smooth, it just it doesn't come off right. Right. So, you know, in this case, that would have been one where she could have, you know, just grabbed her, picked her back up, and hit it again hit until it again. she rolled back into it. Yep. Um, or 
or just kick back and pull back into it further. Um, it wouldn't have looked any worse than it, the way she had it, but, um, and Naomi tapped quick too. And it was just like, okay, that it was just a really, looked, it was a really quick tap. Yeah. And it, and it looked bad because it, I'm like, that doesn't even look like it hurts. Um, because the backstabber when done right, at least it looks like it hurts. Um, so that, that really was just one of those things where it was just like, okay, you know, I know I say things should look like they're not smooth, but that just looked bad. Um, then, uh, then uh, you're, you're left with a, a two on one basically cause you had Bailey and Sasha against Lacey. Um, and so they're, they're double teaming her and, uh, and it leads to a spot where Sasha's holding her, uh, holding Lacey on the apron, and or, or sorry, Sasha's holding Lacey on the apron, and Bailey comes running in, and Lacey moves out of the way, and Bailey ends up kneeing Sasha in the head, and Sasha goes limp and falls off, and I thought that was the most hilarious spot, <laughs> and because she just goes limp and drops, and uh, Lacey goes on the attack there. And, um, you know, that she, she can't get the pen on Lacey. She starts doing, um, a very rough looking version of the Ricky Steamboat. I'm going to go for every quick pen attempt in the world, the crucifix, the yep. small package, the schoolboy, the, you know, everything, everything. um, which Ricky Steamboat used to do and it looks smooth when Lacey does it, it not so much, but, yeah. um, then Sasha gets in and she's, Man, there's kind of a quick dotsy do, and uh, Sasha catches the woman's right, and she and Lacey gets a quick pin attempt, and maybe Bailey could have Bailey broken did, up the pin, yeah, but Bailey she took didn't. Took her sweet time just laying there, right? Yeah. And maybe she didn't, and then uh, it looks like maybe Lacey's going to win the championship, but Sasha comes in out of nowhere, hits the backstabber, the backstabber. and. Lacey hits, I mean, Bailey hits something. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what that was. Yeah, she like trapped her arm and drove her face in from well, the it, side. It, and it was like um, a almost squatting version of the original Dirty Deeds. Like it was just, it was weird. Yeah, and, and got the pin. And yeah. so, uh, she one thing I will say, and I meant to mention this earlier, was there was a unique spot where Lacey or where Bailey like untied the turnbuckle uh uh pad and then tied Lacey's hand up in the in the corner. Yeah. So so she couldn't use the woman's right and was attacking her. Um but I, I did put here that Bailey retains, but maybe this was was Lacey's time because she's definitely been building up steam as a baby face. Although I don't think her current current character is great as a baby face, but maybe this was the time to have her lose and uh then go into her feud with Sasha, but um maybe this wasn't the time for her maybe this was the time for her to lose, but you know. Well the thing is with without a crowd reaction we really don't know. Yeah. You know, cause, and watching it, I just did not get the feeling that, you know, this was Lacey Evans's time. No. Um, you know, and especially after, you know, they had her hit the moonsault 
and you know, and Bailey pretty much kicked out at two and a half. Like it wasn't like she, you know, kicked out at two, you know, almost to three. Like it was like, you know, it's kicked out right. pretty much at two. All right. So next we go to I'm not even sure what we went to, but great. There was a great recap of the Cena Wyatt past and future. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think Titus O'Neil said it best when he said, I, I don't know what we what I just saw, what we just saw. Yeah, so Cena's entrance, Cena's entrance is just really flat without the fans because we're so used to hearing, you know, John Cena sucks, John Cena sucks, and, you know, uh, just the fans reacting. And then once it started, I just wrote, what the F is this? <laughs> You know, as much as heat that I put on the Boneyard match just for the lack of explanation to the things we talked about earlier, um, I automatically uh, felt bad for putting so much heat on it because I was like, this is clearly the worst thing for me just because this is not a match. Like, if this if this was a series, uh, if this was broken up into four vignettes, then I think it's great. And if you could show me this in four parts over Raws and SmackDowns or whatever, and I'm like, okay, this is this is fantastic. But I wanted to see a match. I didn't see a match. Yeah, here's what here's in my notes. Okay. A devil Vince doll, that a pop. Yeah, you know, I had apparently I had, that, that action. I had never seen it before, but apparently, yeah, it, it had been I it was one of the segments I had. I guess Firefly Funhouse they've been pulled out before, yeah. but I was like, wow, okay. The Vince, a, I was like, this is a Vince puppet? And then, yeah. then he turned it. I'm like, wait, it's got horns. Yeah. Um, I also popped for Bray doing the Bella's dance, uh, Bella's music and dancing to it. That was funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, then these are my following notes. Um, whose masturbatory acid dream is this? <laughs> Um, yeah. I also wrote because I wasn't alone while I was watching this. I'm embarrassed to be watching this. <laughs> um, and then I wrote um, Bray as Bischoff was funny. Not I me, mean, not hilarious, but he was funny. Yeah. And then when when uh, the fiend put, you know, did the uh, sister Abigail and then the mandible claw on john and then bray counted the bray three. Counts the three uh-huh. i said i guess the fiend wins <laughs> yeah, was, yeah so i was uh, like because like there's no ref ever uh i said okay i guess that was such a train wreck i can't even talk about how they blew it with the fiend um and uh, so i mean you, you totally skipped over the whole was what a lot of the internet went crazy over is john cena in nwo t-shirt with the in the hat and throwing up the two sweet everyone's like what is this there was a lot i skipped over i mean don't forget those the cena as johnny love guns or whatever it was yeah whatever that was that i mean there was a lot of stuff going on and i was just like it i've been a wrestling fan for like 41 years and it takes a lot to embarrass me and this really embarrassed me like to, what i wrote down was undertaker ej was undertaker aj was how you do a video match right cena and wyatt was how you do it wrong and that was my synopsis and i was this this just like embarrassed me i was like 
and and here's my thing. I want to talk about the fiend for a second, okay? Mm-hmm. There, there's a thing that old timers say about go away and learn a new hold, okay? Or and they say, how can I miss you if you won't go away? All right. And Bray Wyatt right. did both those things. All right. People like Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt got over even when the office didn't want him to. Right. And then he, he goes away and he comes back. And he's got this crazy new, you know, firehouse, fun house, and, you know, and he's got the fiend character and no one knows exactly what it is and he's got now he's got the mandible claw and he's got this unbeatable character and he's more over than he ever has been and this is a character they could have run with for a long long time oh yeah and he beats finn balor like that and he beats seth rollins you know for the title boom and he beats um you know, and, and, and he's, you know, beats Daniel Bryan, boom. And he's someone they could have run with and run with and run with. So they've got, you know, a couple guys that they could really run with as top guys for a long time. And then on when Vince goes, hmm, let's job him out to Goldberg. Right, because the Saudis want to see it. The thing is... You can't get that back. Right. You can't get that back. No matter what you do, you can't get that. Just like you can't get back Goldberg's undefeated streak. Because because it was it was so organic, you know, you can't you can't reproduce it artificially. Right. Even if he beats Cena, you, you can't get that back. Even if he wins the belt back. Oh well he got beat by a fifty something year old man in a short period of in, in just a couple minutes in on a pay per view. You know, this because he couldn't get hurt. He couldn't feel pain. He, you know, you had this great character that everybody believed in. And it. And not that that long ago, that character was underneath ring steps and stuff and being hit, you know, with uh, by a chair by Seth Rollins. And he was being smashed and something that would have like killed a lesser man. Right. And, you know, and he kicked out of that. Right. You know, and. And here's the thing, in 41 years, there have been things that have occasionally gotten me where I go, I don't want to watch wrestling. And that was one of them. All right. But I was like, but I kept hearing about wrestling and getting spoiled. Thank you, Mike Matthews. Um, And I would, I said, okay, I'm going to watch WrestleMania because I want to see what wrestlemania is like without fans i want to see what the these things are i want to see what all happened you know but this was lightning in a bottle this was the type of thing that as a promoter you wait years for to have something that can be a top guy that can be a draw an attraction that you can go, this can be a top guy and people want to see and people ooh and ah over and people will believe in. Mm-hmm. And a few months in, you throw it away. Right. And here's, the, I mean, here's the thing. They were selling f- merch for it 
mask and belts that were thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, you know, uh, and, uh, the belt was insane. Yeah. And they threw all that away on whim. It's hard to sell that when that guy doesn't have the belt. Yeah. So hard to sell it, it when the guy has the belt because my God, it was insane. Right. So it's, so it's just, it, 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 it's ridiculous that they do that. And so now, it, 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 and it's just, it's not stubbornness, it's stupidity. Mm -hmm. And to me, it, it's just like, it's like the Undertaker's streak. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, if it's going to end, it shouldn't have ended to Brock Lesnar. You know, it, it, you don't give it to someone who doesn't need it. You know, um, that's common sense, I would think, you know. Um, but anyway, you know, so seeing that's, that's, that's a whole yeah, other topic. Yeah, but. So, so that so let's speak in Brock Lesnar. Let's do the last match. So, uh, you know. You know, looking at the you know clock, there's like 12 minutes left, and there's still the main event to go. And I said, "Huh, leaving a ton of time for the main event." I see. <laughs> uh, so there's a hype package, um, and I said, "Not the best hype package for the match," um, uh, you know, between Drew and Brock. But it does tell Drew's story, um, which, if you don't know, Drew was brought in. He said he's the future of the company, and he never quite makes it. You know, he wins the Intercontinental title and then he ends up in three-man band and um, then he leaves and he, of course, makes a name for himself, you know, traveling the independence and he comes back. Now he's got a chance to make it. Um, and then they do the, the the big match intros and I thought put it's really weird hearing someone else do Brock's intros because Heyman didn't do Brock's intro. Right. Which I think goes back to not having the crowd to feed feed off of and i put my first note was i hate what lesnar matches have become mm -hmm. because they're the same recipe you know he hits the f5 the person kicks out he does a bunch of you look um, shocked yeah yeah he does a bunch of Belly to belly back suplexes. Yep, he does his suplex city. And then he, and then he does more F fives. Um, you know, so my notes were F five kicks out at one, F five kicks out at two, F five kicks out at two. Um, and then and, you know, and you know, then we have the claymores. Heyman, you know, when he pinned him, you know, one thing that was really good was Heyman's stunned expression. Which it should be because I mean it was the exact same setup that they did last year with uh, with Rock. So, and then McIntyre fulfills his destiny, and I'm I'm a big Drew guy, so I was really happy um, that Drew finally fulfills his destiny. Um, it's just that uh, it's you know uh, it's weird for all the guys who fulfilled their destinies, you know Drew. Um, Braun, uh, that you know, there's no crowd to see them win. I just realized the U.S. title wasn't defended. I'm not even sure who the U.S. champion is right now. 
Last time I remember was Andrade, but he's hurt, so. Yeah, it's Andrade. Is it Andrade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They said that on the show, but that he's hurt. Yeah. This match, well, what really, really, really disappoints me is the fact that the two biggest belts of each of your brands, the ones that are supposed to be the most important, um, were matches that showed that just destroyed the fact, you know, having what's quote unquote a finisher since you can hit it five times and doesn't finish anybody. Right. Um, and then they hit their finisher five times until you're finally done. And between both those matches, what was a total of uh, seven minutes of bell time, maybe like, yeah. I, I, and these are your top titles. These are, you know, these are the big things that everyone's supposed to aspire to. Like, extremely disappointing um well that was the case in both matches i mean and it was exact that and in both cases the reigning champion hit their their finisher and tried for the pin a bunch of times the challenger hit their finisher a bunch of times didn't try for the pin and after hitting it multiple times then tried for the pin right and it's, it was the same crap for and they did the same, and they did it last year. And it's like, this is, you know, this has been such recycled and ridiculous. And I, I you know, I understand. You're telling me that I understand that you know, Gold, Goldberg in his prime couldn't work a five minute match, but you're telling me that you can't give me ten minutes of Brock and and, and Drew. Like, come on, like. And, and you're gonna, and this is supposed to be the biggest show. This is the biggest, best show of the year. That it was very, that was very disappointing. Well, I, I'm disappointed that, I mean, Brock used to be able to work. You know, I mean, he's had some great matches. Him and Angle used mm-hmm. to have great matches. Um, him and Eddie, uh, him and Undertaker, him and Undertaker, Hell in the Cell is still one of my all-time favorite matches. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to have some matches where he would pull out moves. Oh, yeah. Um, and if, you know, and now he's got two moves. And, you know, oh, I'm sorry, he put, he got Kane in a Kimura. I guess he's got three moves now. So, right. I mean, he's, so... He's been skipping leg day. I mean, you see how skinny his legs looked? I, I didn't really pay attention, but it's like, okay, so he's going to do, so what, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess they say, you know, we don't work by the hour. We do what works, but I mean, Brock Lesnar used to have matches. Yeah. You know, I mean, now it's, exhibitions of German suplexes and F5s. And, you know, Arn Anderson recently went on, you know, what happened to finishers being kill shots? You know, mm-hmm. you hit somebody with your finisher, that was it. That was the end. Everybody knew that. It was rare somebody ever kicked out of a finisher. You know? And they definitely didn't kick out at one. Right. Of, of a finisher like the F5, which looks devastating. Right. I remember a thing in like 2003, maybe 2002, where they ranked finishers in the F5 list as number one. And now somebody kicks out of it at F at one. Right. And, 
and, and this and it's not like Drew is some monster guy that's so much bigger that looks like they could not be impacted by it. It's not like someone like Big Show who's so big that well, getting hit like that wouldn't seem like it wouldn't hurt as much. But yeah, kicking even Big Show and kick out at it well and one like. Well, Big Show, I remember him pinning Big Show flat out with it. Flat out with, yeah. yeah. He hit it once and that's it. It's like, yeah. When, once, yeah. It's, yeah, fin- yeah the, the, the fact that finishers are just glorified, um, they're not even, sign- yeah, just glorified signature moves. They're, they're, they're not finishers. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, you know, it's something I, I I remember something Ricky Morton said about um, you know, he was talking about, you know, he went to an indie show and you know this kid is working the, you know, the first match. I asked him, you know, something and he says, you know, he says, boy, the first thing he does is learn how to wrestle. He says, what do you mean? He says, you know, you're out there and you're doing, you know, shooting star presses and 450 flashes, and then you went and you finished the match with a small package. Yeah, you know that's and that's a you know a, a problem that's been you know and that I heard that you know not last year I think I heard that in like two thousand six maybe, mm-hmm. and that's uh you know that's going you know that's been going on for a while you know it's finishers you know. Now, I mean, think about how many matches actually ended with somebody's finisher. Well, or at least, or just one, because I'm, you know, Galloway hit his Claymore eight times. Right. And, you know, Braun hit his running power slam five times. And, right. Um, but I'm trying to think, uh, you know, Corbin lost on the roll up, and uh, you know Bliss crossed and went on a finisher, and Edge did not win on a finisher. Um, I really can't think of anyone. Anyone went over on their on the finisher. Sammy went over on his Sammy finisher. On, Sammy did go over on his finisher. Bliss cross went over on a finisher. Well, that, that that's her finish. Yeah, the the um, twisted bliss is. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry, I forgot that she hit the bliss, but um, um, get the cover. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Undertaker technically ended on his finisher, the choke slam. I still consider his finisher to be the tombstone. He has multiple finishers. Yeah, he does, but. Um, Charlotte ended on her finisher. Yeah, made a tap to it. It's okay, so a couple. Alistair won on his finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Otis went on his finisher. At least I think that's his finisher. I guess the caterpillar is technically his finisher. Yeah. Ford went on his finisher. Well, yeah, he hit the frog splash and Langelo got the cover. 
Yeah. Would you say that? Um, would you say that uh, that Bray won in his finisher? I mean, or would you I say? Suppose, that I suppose. I mean, I don't call. I don't consider that a match. There was no ref. I mean, they never even rang the bell to start a Bray, match. Bray was the Fiend's ref. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the one. I mean, I thought the um, the House of Horrors match was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen until the was that what they called that match with him and Orton, the House of Horrors? Was that what that was called? Something like that. But the. But that match with him and Cena, or whatever that was called, was was one that was absolutely the most bizarre thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was horrible. That's all I know. It was. It was I, I here's what I want to. I want to know how, like Cena has like all probably has a ton of creative control, and he's out in Hollywood. I want to know how they convinced Cena to come back for this and convinced him it was a good idea. They paid him. Probably paid him an exorbitant amount of money to um, what a lot of people felt was like make fun of himself in, in his career. Um, you know, it. I oh, and we want- forgot about him spoofing his first appearance on SmackDown. Yeah, I remember. Ruthless aggression. aggression. Yeah, and then at first, I'm like, at first I thought, okay, they're playing, he's doing a little mind game, and I'm like, wow, he, okay, he's in the gear, and then I'm like, okay, and then then he went to attack, and he, I'm like, wait, okay, I thought we were having a match, and then they kept on just being goofy, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I thought, okay, he's just, this may be Cena's last match, and he's going to go out, you know, wearing his original gear and whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, we're going a bit of a throwback here. Okay, cool. And then a match never started. And, and I immediately was like, okay, this is dumb. And they kept on going, kept on going, and kept on going. And I'm like, this is really dragging on now. Oh, and then the NWO shirt appearance. Like, what? This is like, why? This is, I like, understand they're trying to make a Hogan parallel again, but I'm like, this is stupid. And, and then the finish happened, and I'm like, okay, thank God it's just over. And and again, Tyson O'Neill's face and reaction just said, bro, yeah. this, this is horrible. The poor Tyson O'Neill, just, you know. Yeah. There, there are some things that I go back and watch over and over again. I don't think that'll be one of them. Yeah, this is definitely not a, a WrestleMania I'm going to go back and, and watch. And then there's not a single match on here that's going to come anywhere close near my top five list of uh, anything. I don't know. I think I'm going to put um, Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley on my top five now. <laughs> Just because of Blonde's brunette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was. Yeah, there were uh, the. Yeah, some of the matches that were on here made me feel like Starcade '98. Yeah, and and the execution was just. I mean, honestly, I did forget at times there was not a crowd there until they called attention to it, and then I was just like, "Why are you calling attention to the fact there's not a crowd there?" Why, why are you doing big match interests and pausing for a reaction that's not there? 
why, who, hey, you, why are you talking to a crowd that's not there? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're taunting a crowd that's not there. Taunt your opponent. Uh, and if you're going to try to taunt because you're hoping to, you know, that a crowd at home is giving a reaction, then you do it into the camera. Like, that's not hard. Look in the camera and be like, you know, this is why I'm the best. It's something that's not out into the empty stands. Like, I, I didn't think it would be that hard. I understand, you know, you, you've been working, you've been working for so long, you get stuck in your ways. You know, you'll do a scream or whatever, you know, something that is supposed to hype up the crowd out of just, you know, instinct. But when you are pausing and you're looking out to nobody and not into a camera and you're taunting, it's like, it, it don't make any sense. Yeah, it was, yeah, that, that was when I, would take me back out of the zone and I'd be like, oh, wait, yeah, there's nobody there. Yeah. Exactly. You know, although, like I said, the, you know, the one thing, although the match was way too long, I did think it was how it was really creative, how they used the space with Edge and, and Orton, you know, just kind of going all through the building and I it agree. just felt organic and it wasn't smooth how they used everything they found. Um, and some of it just didn't turn out right. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that was fine. Um, it just took way too long. I agree. Well, last thing as we, as we draw to a close, which, uh, which match stole this show for this historic empty arena, WrestleMania 36. For me, it was Undertaker AJ. Okay. For me, it was... Again, not a classic wrestling match, but I got what they were trying to do. It was uh, like, a again, old Western, John Wayne, Dusty Rhodes type Western. Okay. We made movies, baby. Yeah. Um, ba movies. Baby, the dream is genius, and we making movies here. Me and Vince, baby, we making movies. Well, uh, for my, my match, uh, and surprisingly, probably to you, uh, uh, is, is Edge and Orton. Um, it was too long, but I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was the best match. If it wasn't for the, the, the restart goofiness of uh, Steen and Tyler Black, I would have said their match. Mm. Um, it, was Edge, it was Edge and Orton. Oh, I, I, I know what I was going to say. It was really cool. Um, what I thought was a nice touch was you know they played up in the video or the video with Edge and Orton how close they were and how much Edge had helped Orton with his personal demons. Mm -hmm. Um when Edge choked Orton out and then he you know he says to the referee, I'll tell you when to count. And then he sets him up for the concerto and then he's kinda of, kind of having the moment and he's like tears are coming out of his eyes like do I really have to do this? Mm -hmm. And then he hits him with the concerto and then he says now count. And he does the count, and then he like leans down. And he puts his head on his, um, like you can tell he really didn't want to have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and he still cares about him, but he, he knew he had to do that. I thought those were like really nice touches, mm -hmm. definitely, and put a really personal feel on it. They did the details were were fantastic for mm -hmm. that match. Fantastic, the, yeah. And the best thing I don't know if you saw on Twitter. Um, so, uh, 
Beth Phoenix tweeted a picture of Adam um, on the ladder about to jump off, and she um, and she and said, and what she wrote was, uh, apparently he had said that he wasn't going to. Uh, he says, I'm, I'm changing. I'm not going to use any more ladders. And then, <laughs> then he, he replied to it. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, I said I wasn't going to do that anymore, but uh, uh, oops. What the, uh, what was funny or what I was not funny. What I was worried about was Orton started bleeding from his shoulder. And I was like, great. He probably popped his shoulder out again. Uh, Cause he has a, a hypermobile. Yeah. Uh, um, Cause I tore my shoulder out uh, like, gosh, 22 years ago now. And mine's slightly hypermobile, but not nearly as bad as his. Um, and so I was like, that would really stink for him. Yeah. At like WrestleMania, like, especially if it's not near the end um, or, or the plan finish, right. if he popped his shoulder out. Uh, but if you have a hypermobile shoulder, um, you know, like sometimes you can like sneeze hard and pop it out. Pop it out, yeah. Yeah. So it's not a fun thing to do. Um, but like he, uh, but I was, uh, but the one time he was like kind of shaking it, and I was like, uh, I was like, I wonder if that's what happened. But yeah, he. Uh, but like, I think probably the worst was uh, his last man standing match with Triple H when mm -hmm. he got tossed out and, he, and his shoulder popped out. Yeah, that was nasty. That looked very very painful yeah and now it makes me want to go watch it on network like right when we got there you go the, the podcast here well without further ado thank you jeez for listening to another episode of breaking ring rust uh we had a great time talking about wrestlemania 36 we want to know what you all thought about wrestlemania 36 do you agree with our views on that um and if you don't we, you know we really don't care we're heels here so for my man the cold heart I am your host, Rocket Mr. Magic. And until next time, get yourself over, Marks. Oh, no! Oh!